What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the show of Hurricanes, Disagreements, Debate, and Controversy. This is the house we have in top Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gays, there are over 2 million podcasts worldwide, and today you're listening to us, and we do so appreciate that. It's your boy, the Dean Malenko of podcasting, man of a thousand nicknames, Jimmy Hawkins. We got Alicino, and we got Christopher Johansson, Big Whitey, returning to the studio. Jack is behind the camera today, Brian, at a bachelor party. We're doing the top 10 New York sports moments, 1980 to present. New York City, big big sports town. You, you know, you could say that. You could say that. We love our sports here, and good moments are few and far between. Listen, I think uh, at some point we need to announce our fandom to the listeners, just so they understand where our lists wow. are coming from. Well, they some of them are clear. I did not get the memo to wear a jersey, uh, and I wouldn't fit in yours. So here we go. There was no memo sent. White just made a decision. White bird followed. So here we go. Mets. And it sounds a little weird, but it is what it is. And you'll tell by my list. Obviously, you should be able to tell by your list, right? Islanders, Mets, Knicks, Giants. Big Whitey likes the Mets, the Giants, the Knicks, and hockey, whoever's there. Jets, Knicks. Don't care about baseball enough. I guess I would say Mets, but like the only time I'll root against the Yankees is if they're playing the Mets in the World Series. But I don't like... I go to Yankee games. My brother and Vinny, Yankee fans. You guys, Met fans. Alessino's a season ticket holder. So I go to plenty of Yankee and Met games every year. Hockey, I really don't care about, but I'm an Islander fan because it's the only pro sports team from Long Island. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. Hockey, I don't care about, but fuck the Rangers. You know, like. My my wife's an Islander fan, but my dad was a Ranger fan, so I'm in like a predicament. That's why I like. Did she follow it though? If they're in the playoffs, like right. like when they were in the playoffs, was it last year or two years ago? We watched a bunch of those games. Yeah, my dad's a Ranger playoff fan. He's a playoff Rangers fan. Yeah, he'll be at the sitting in front of screaming at the TV, screaming at the TV. I'm like, you haven't watched a game. You didn't watch one of the '82 regular season games. Yeah, Jack, Jets, Knicks. I've started to pay attention to the Rangers as of last season, and uh, I could give a fuck less about baseball. But Edwin Diaz is electric, so I guess I'm a Mets fan. Give me trumpets. All right. Yeah, fair enough. All fair right. Enough. So you got honorable mentions. You got dishonorable mentions. Um, dishonorable mentions first. I could go for some dishonorable mentions. I'm, I'm assuming like we should absolutely have the same. I got one that's got to be you guys. My, like my, my list, because we just we said greatest sports moments. We didn't say like Whitey's greatest fandom moments. So I don't have all of, like my favorite. I got a lot. Majority was my favorite, but I'm just saying like I tried to be fair. Oh, I've got a bunch of shit I don't particularly care about. I like tried to be fair with my list. At least a couple be of fair. things. That, no, I have only things that I, really I have things that I wasn't want. there for. Listen, like, that's, that's, what, that's what we're here for. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be within your time frame of being a fan. It's not really going to be inside. There's a few of that are there just for historical let, let me go first because I feel like this is one all three of us will have. I was a dishonorable. Might not be, though. December 3rd, 2017. Ben McAdoo benches Eli Manning and starts Geno Smith snapping the 210 consecutive start streak that Eli was on. Absolutely egregiously terrible. 
Here, on all accounts. Here's the thing. I just want to say something real quick. I there's a lot of moments that I should have on my dishonorable mention list that I don't because I block. I legit block them out. I legit block that out. I blocked that out too. You, it's so. I mean, it's I so know. egregiously bad I, I though. Totally, no, no. Like, listen, totally forgot it. You're saying it, and like immediately my blood pressure like went up. Yeah. Like, the worst part about it is that this idiot with his fucking slick back hair. Who does he think he is? Gordon Bombay in the Mighty Ducks too. Like, what with his slick back hair and all this fucking nonsense? And he, we got to see what we have. We know what we have with Gino. He's on his third team, second team, second team at this point at least. Went from the Jets to the Giants. I think yeah, that's his that third third right. team. I think. Yeah. So Seahawks are his fourth team he's with. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, either way, we're not talking about somebody you drafted and you've had in your locker room for the last two seasons. Like we've seen this guy start multiple seasons for the Jets. We know what Geno Smith is. What are we doing? We're not tr- playing for a playoff spot at this point, right? It was a it was a fuck you to everyone. It was, it was, a, it was it like was a, a move to try to save your job, but it ultimately no, cost him his job, it, it, right? It, no, like, no. Here's the thing. It was a fuck you to everybody. This was a, I'm I'm the man here now, and I'm going to do what I want, and fuck you, Eli Manning. Fuck you, Giants fans. Fuck you, the, the, the organization. Maris. Fuck you, John Mara. Yeah, fuck everybody. That's fuck what you, that Steve Tisch. I, I did not watch that game on purpose. Like, I legit, like, I was like, I'm not going to give the game the rating. I'm not going to watch that fucking game. Fuck that guy. That's how, and, like, that's why I, blo- like, I didn't even think to put that as a dishonorable mention. Like, there's a million dishonorable mentions I could have put. But that, to me, that's uh, maybe the worst thing I've seen as a Giant fan. But I do have to say, like, good on Eli, because if you remember, they offered to let him go take the first snap and then come out of the game. So no, that way, like, and, oh. like, you know, Midwest, you know, pushover kind of Eli, the way he looked. He got his fucking, his New York stripes that day when he was like, fuck you. That was the most New York he thing had, he's he, done. He no, but I mean, like, personality-wise, as a New Yorker. As a New Yorker, personality-wise, him saying, nah, fuck you. I didn't like, even think of that moment, so. I, I, I you, blocked it out. I'll give you credit for that. I, I actually have a dishonorable mention of, of a jet. I got, I do too, but yeah. go ahead. Little Mark Sanchez uh, butt phone. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I blocked that one out. Yeah, it's, it's, bad. it's bad. Our buddy Nick was there yeah. on oh. Thanksgiving. Spent his Thanksgiving there Thanksgiving watching that game. game uh, for those who don't know, right, I guess it's just as simple as the center snapped the ball. Mark Sanchez ran into the center's fucking face, about ass, I should say. Yeah, fumbled, fumbled the, ball. the ball. And the uh, famous butt fumble. I think that's as bad as it gets. I remember, like, the not... We were at, I think, Jamie's... What year was that? Sanchez is still on the team. It's before 2015. I want to say it's 2013 or 2014. All right. So, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, I think we were at Jamie, my wife's uh, family's house, and the laughter that erupted from the non-football fans was phenomenal. November 20... I mean, I'm I'm sorry, wife, but... And you know I'm not a Jet hater. I'm not a Jet hater, but, like, that, that was, like... No, no, I'm not really a Jet hater either, but that was, that was tough. It's man. one of the most Jet things. Well, here's what embarrassing. I was... Embarrassing, like, <laughs> embarrassing. The other day... Not as a fan, I'm saying. Obviously, this, re- this release is way down the line in, like, October, but we're recording this in August right now. The other day, when I thought Zach Wilson tore his ACL, I was like, Joe Namath signed a contract in blood with the actual devil, dude. He signed a contract with yeah, Satan dude. himself. He's like, look, dude, you're going to fucking win the Super Bowl. You're going to wear the fur coats. You're going to bang all the hookers. But the Jets are going to suck forever. And Joe Willie was like, deal. <laughs> Where do I sign, baby? I'll be the guy for life. Yeah. Yeah. For life. What do you have, dishonorable mention? Uh, so Whitey's got three of them. But 
the first one, and this is personal, the 2000 Subway Series. Here's the reason. The Mets did really deserve to be there. They weren't that good. They were good, but they weren't that good. And your boy was a little fired up. I was a sophomore in high school. I bet every penny I had on that World Series. Every like, Mike Piazza's going to hit a million home runs. You guys are fucked. <laughs> I was like shit talking. Like you wouldn't like we just stomped the Cardinals. Like we stomped the fucking San Francisco Giants with Barry Bonds. Like we're going to go into that World Series and we're going to fuck the Yankees up and fuck everybody who thinks doesn't think so. And then Whitey went to school the next day and he fucking paid out money like you wouldn't believe. Imagine being 15 years old, dude, That's and tough. having debt. That's tough. <laughs> talking. I was talking shit. That's why I'm low-key and now high-key afraid that the Mets and Yankees meet up again. Because I'm like, I just know so many Yankee fans. Nah, dude, good pitching beats home run hitting every I, time. I hear you. I hear you. I do. Baseball's a long season. Mets that. fans are a little riled up right now. They should be, though. For good reason. By, no, this, by this point, the Mets no, have collapsed every no, time they've been good. No. 2006, we ran rough shot off over the National League. And I'm talking, we beat teams down like we, I've never seen the Mets beat teams down. People forget, 2006, that team was a good team. And when Pedro got hurt, that team went from being a great team to being like, oh, we're going to cruise along into the playoffs. Because they were a great team with Pedro on that team. When Pedro got hurt, and then they traded Xavier Nady. That team was not the same. Not the same. And But we dominated the National League. I think we won, what, 90, 99 games that yeah, year? Yeah, but as a fan, right? And, and, and settling, 2007, for, and, and settling for mediocrity, most of your fandom, right? It's not settling. Believe me, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It but hurts. at what point can you get excited? You don't. Like, this is it. Like, nah. The, see, why do you get excited? The last pitch of the World Series. No, that's not right. You're not enjoying it like you should. Take it. I enjoy the ride, dude. dude. dude we're on a roller coaster ride. Much, enjoy too much anxiety. Like last night, I was fucking sweating. I'm in in my chair watching fucking Edwin Diaz come in and not be the Edwin Diaz of this year, and I'm fucking sweating because I'm like, here it is. This guy's gonna get fucking lit up. Or he's gonna fucking fall off. It's the gonna face be like Ron, Ron's getting her head I, kicked I, in I, by I, Holly Holm. I agree. I just I've been there too much. The beginning I've been of the end. Much. You're just waiting. I for got like ten. Of the clip. I got I, ten years on you, bro. No, like, I, I, you yeah, don't I know. You. Like you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> you weren't there in 1988. Here's a little fucking five year old Whitey. My dad sits me in front of the TV. Look, Dwight Gooden's pitching, and fucking Mike Sosha steps up in game. I think it's game five of the NLCS. No, maybe the NLCS. I don't. I don't remember what game. I was young. I was five. I don't fucking remember. But Dwight Gooden, my fucking favorite player, beside him and Dow Strawberry, my two favorite players, Dwight Gooden hangs this fucking curveball. And the 88 Mets were a good fucking team. Yeah. It was like the 86 Mets, but like a little bit better because Hojo's fucking raking and fucking, we were like good. You know, Strawberry is like, Strawberry is prime, Gooden's good in his prime. But he fucking lollipops this fucking curveball and Mike Sosha fucking annihilates it and like shakes it and went quiet. And it was just like, ah. Uh, and like, don't forget about 07, 08. Like, we can talk about it for fucking I just days, want to bro. ask you one thing. Because at, at time of recording, right, it is August 14th. Okay? By the time of release, it'll be October. So there's a good chance that we can get a hot take or a cold take out of you right here. Nah. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now. And you can... you Go can ahead, ask me You can ah, la, 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 la. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a statement. And you can say true or false. This team right here... Is the greatest Mets team of all time. No. No. They're not better than 86. No team is better than 86. This, I, this I Mets team right here is the greatest Mets team of all time. Oh, 
right now, no matter what? No, this is my hot take that when we look back You're on You're saying this, this is going to age at fine release, by the time this releases. At release, this is going to age so well. They might have 108 wins and top the 86 team. And then statistically be the best team. Just because they didn't, you know, bang the, people this, in the locker room and do coke problem. this team. This is the problem. They don't know. No, don't we know. know. We know. But I'm just saying, that team was different. Scher- Scherzer, DeGrom, Alonzo, they're all going to make it to the end of the year, you're saying. No problem. Nobody's going to get I mean, you no, see DeGrom, that? DeGrom's, DeGrom's not going to make I it. I think they are all going to make it. I think, I think, I think the Dude, period. Don't, you're, you're hurting yourself here. No. Take, put, pump the brakes. Pump <laughs> the brakes. I've been there. You haven't been there enough. You're listening to the take, right? You're listening to it, right? Uh, yeah. The only difference between the 86 Mets and this, these Mets is they were fun because they did blow and lit things on fire. False. and False. 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 Number one, you had arguably at the time the greatest <laughs> pitcher in the game and the greatest outfielder in the game on the 86 Mets. The and Mets, hold on, hold on. The Mets don't have the greatest. Like right now, can you say that Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom are better than Sandy Alcantara right now. I'm not saying yes. historically. No way. Yes. You're wrong. Yes. You're wrong. Are you watching what Sandy Alcantara is doing in Miami right now? He just got blown up two um, games ago. Okay. One game. But do you see what he's I, doing I out there? I see what he's okay. doing. But just take, take a three-year. Right now, right yeah. now, you would not take Sandy Alcantara over Scherzer or DeGrom. Maybe Scherzer, not DeGrom. Okay. Because right. DeGrom hasn't, he's been back. He hasn't you're, let up a fucking run. You're telling me right One now, run. Pete Alonso is better than Aaron Judge. Or, no. Okay. But I'm telling you that, I'm just saying, I'm telling you that Alonso's a uh, top five first right. baseman in the, NBA, in the MLB. My point is, though, at the time in the 86 Mets, Daryl Strawberry was the best outfielder in the game. Dwight Gooden was the best pitcher in the game. Yeah. Gary Carter was the best catcher in the game. Keith Hernandez was the best first baseman in the game. They had four of the top players in the in the game. That team was I hear you. If they were not doing coke and not partying and drinking, they would have won 140 games. So you're agreeing that they were they were the 86 they were fun like that. They were Oh, I, I'm not saying okay. they weren't fun, but I'm saying if they were not partying and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, that team could have won 140 games. That's how talented they were. Doc was a fucking alcoholic. You had Lenny Dykstra yeah, on that team. Yeah. Lenny Dykstra could if Lenny Dykstra like stayed sober and straight, that guy would have been like Ricky Henderson. Like he was the second coming of Ricky Henderson. Yeah, like, I'm biased. Think, didn't do coke one time, dude. You no, know? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that team was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a special team. Like yeah, say this team is a great team. They're better than 06. They're better than 06. They're better than 15. They're better than 2099. They're about the same. But historically, they are chasing the same record. They're chasing the best record ever. No, what? That's fine. With, but they haven't got to the playoffs yet. Like he's very, fir- he, it's you. It's a, it, you know what it's very jetsy. It's very jetsy. No, 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 no. It's very New York fandom. It's, like it's like it's not a Yankee it's fan like thing though. People. Like, it's not a Yankee fan thing. It's not no. a Giant fan thing. If you got the Giants at fucking ten and, and eight going into a wild card spot, playing every game on the road, you're thinking like, all right, been here, we're done that. Let's go. No, like, we're, I'm thinking we're good. For yeah, one. let's go. We're gonna beat the piss out of everybody. It, would you right. feel the same way that me? Well, I do feel. If you're the Yankees and you get to a wild card, not as much as Whitey about. The Mets going forward, I do, I do. Don't don't take what I'm saying the I, wrong way. I hide it well. Don't, don't I, you know? Don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. I just I don't want to get too ahead of myself. The Dodgers are a good fucking team. Oh, they are. Great. A, they I would have, love to meet them. They have as much pitching as we do, and that lineup is is better is a, than us. Is a better lineup than ours. But Their bullpen. We could beat them. 
Our, our bullpen and their bullpen, are, I think, are about the same because it's not like Kenley Jansen from a few years ago. No. But the Dodgers are a good team. The Braves. And that's are rough a good traveling. Fucking team. That's like, rough. That's rough traveling. You know, in a in and, a late se- series. Like, like Friday night was a tough game. Last night was a tough game. Today is going to be a tough game. If Bassett shows up and Bassett pitches seven eight innings, I think we got a good shot. There's a good chance Bassett can come in today and get lit the fuck up. Like, like of course, yeah. you know. So like I I just I err if, on the side of caution. Let me ask you a question, Jimmy. If the Jets this year, right? Say Zach Wilson starts with one. If by week ten they're seven and three, are you are you like if by week ten they're seven and three, I'm on the board because their schedule is a cupcake at the end. No, no, I'm saying they're, are you are you like we have a legit chance that yes, yes. Or are you like something the, the, it's going to fall? We have a legit chance of getting there. The house well, of cards fall. As as far as what would happen in the playoffs, who could say? Oh, most they, they're so one of the youngest teams in the NFL. You're not like a no, no. Fan. The reason that I would be optimistic in the season in in the in what you just gave me is because you cannot show me a harder first ten weeks in the NFL. Than the Jets have. If they're seven and three, if they've got to be in the top schedule, pretty tough. They play the NFC North to their first four AFC North, their first four games: Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, then Miami, then New England. But that's like that's every other year for them, isn't it? They're all oh, they every third year, right? What? Oh, you're right. Every other year, yeah, every other year. Yeah. What? No, every third, right? You pay your division, and then you pay, it's one team, right? It's every third year, yeah. Also, it's every third year. But it's not every all four games in a row usually like that. Their first four, it's Baltimore at home, uh, no, 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 at Baltimore, Cleveland at, at home, at Pittsburgh in Cincy, I believe is how their first four yeah, games go. That's, that's not then they got Miami and New England. That's not a bad travel schedule for them, though. No, but those are all tough teams. Not it's a tough. Teams. It's a tough. I think they got the Patriots twice in the first ten weeks Jet, too. Jets are like, gonna be okay this year. I believe. I think they're gonna be okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some tough games. But then on the tail end of the schedule, they've got, like, Jacksonville and fucking Chicago and, you know, like, easier games. Uh, I was just curious. We are off the rails. Way off the rails. I'll go with my next and final. Do you have dishonorables, Jack? A butt fumble. Um, To finish your take on this hypothetical of 7-3, and I'm going to tell you very simply. If if the Jets are 7-3, and it's either showtime or no time for Broadway Zach. So <laughs> he's he's Mormon Mahomes is what I call him. Uh, whatever it is, dude, it's showtime or no time. And if it's showtime, dude, ride it out. I I, I have no regrets. All right, all right. No. If they're seven and three, ten weeks through the year, I'll hammer them to win the Super Bowl. You heard it here. You heard it here first. I'll my, dye my mustache red. And I'll bleach my hair blonde. Seven and three. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, you're probably right. Right now, gonna say it again. Say it again. So it's true. I will dye my mustache red, neon red, and I will dye my mullet blonde if the Jets are seven and three. I'd love to time. see that. It's not gonna happen, yeah. but it would be amazing if it. Did and if it does happen, it, it, fucking, I'll go to a game and looking like. No, I don't want you to go to a game. I want you to go to work. Go ahead, yeah, go to work. <laughs> yeah, go to work. <laughs> um, my second and final dishonorable mention: April twenty fifth, two thousand and nine. The New York Jets trade pick 17-52, Kenyon Coleman, Abram Elam, and Brett Ratliff for the fifth overall pick in the draft and select Mark Sanchez. Hated it then. Hate it now. You could have sat at 17 and had any slew of players. I believe um, Percy Harvin 
went at 18 in that draft. Oh, 09. He wound up being a Jet anyway. Yeah, but towards the back end of his career. I truthfully believe that the drafting of Mark Sanchez set this team back, even though they went on to go to the two straight conference title games. I think you could have just went with any quarterback. Any starting quarterback in the NFL that year could have gotten them to where they went. As a Jets fan, I'm the only Jets fan in the they room. The defense, like the Giants did. defense in the running and the running game, dude. He threw for in that that 2010 season when they won 11 wins. He threw for like 2,800 passing yards, dude. Like, not not much to do with the quarterback at all. But I'm the only Jets fan in this room that was there that remembers Jack was there, but like you know, a little kid didn't really wasn't really watching, didn't know what he was looking at. Anything above third and three, I was con- convinced we were punting every single time. If it was up to Mar- the whole, and if you remember that team too, they won five games in, at the end of fourth quarter or in overtime that year. So they won 11 games, but it could have very easily have been like a eight win team, seven win team. That was exactly what Rex Ryan wanted. He got it. He got the yeah, I know, but I don't like any quarterback could have done yeah, that yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, and like you wanted to, yeah. I think like any, any above average quarterback, they would have won a Super Bowl. I really do. It's a fair dishonorable. All right, so I guess I got two more. I'll just do them both real quick. Uh, I have the 2004 Yankees collapse. I think that that series is remembered more for the Red Sox comeback than it is for the Yankees collapse. But if I was a Yankee fan, that would haunt me for the rest of my life, regardless if they won another World Series or not. But go ahead and explain, because you're up three games to nothing against your arch rival. Like, bury them. Fucking finish them. No, but it was nothing that happened that actually didn't go their way. You're saying like, The bloody sock didn't go their way. The whole the whole series didn't go their way. Like David Ortiz became a legend. You know, Kurt Schilling became a legend. Like the like the the it's remembered for the Red Sox more than it is for the Yankees, but that's a monumental collapse. It's like the first time it ever happened. Yeah, didn't was. he hit a walk off grand slam in that series? Yes. I mean, it's just it, I, I think it should be remembered the other way around. Like I'm like we're for, as New Yorkers and being in New York, that's like a tremendous black eye on our sports history. Yeah. You lose to your arch rival in game seven after being up three games to nothing and it's the first time it ever happened. I truly believe you only have to win three. When you're down three oh, you just have to win three. Once you get to that game seven and it's three three, the, the it's other over. Team it was over. Really, it was the other over. Team was like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is going on so- here? Well, you said in the be- in the beginning, top of the show, I don't really give much fuck about baseball at all. Now that I'm getting older, I watch it more. But yeah, as a kid, didn't do not care. Yeah. I remember where I was, the Bloody Sock game. I remember watching that game. Which game was that? Game, game six, I believe. Yeah, so I remember game watching game that, game. and then I, I guess I remember watching game you have seven, two too. Game, you have two games at home. You finish that series. You have your – I don't remember who pitched those games even. And that Yankee lineup was stacked. Like, that was a st- – that was like Jason Giambi and – Derek Jeter and 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 uh, A Rod and and uh, Sheffield like they Jorge, like, yeah, they're right. like a deep deep team. Like they should have buried them. So and then my last one, just because it hurts bad, is the two thousand Super Bowl. I, I don't even have to go into. It. Yeah, shit kicking, dude. And I, I remember that one too. I, I I rushed home from work to watch that. It was after the forty one nothing, like that forty one nothing NFC Championship game, and we went out and shut out the best offensive team in the league that year. And put up a 41 spot on them. Oh, we're going to go fucking trounce the Ravens. Good luck. Good luck. And then fucking Kerry Collins might have found that bottle of Jack Daniels before that game or something. I don't know what happened. That's the perfect example of what I was talking about before with Sanchez. You remember the quarterback of that that Ravens team? Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer could get it done. Those That 2000 Ravens team is Dilfer very similar. Trent was better than 
Sanchez. That's what I'm saying, yeah, though. Yeah. But Dilfer is not like, no, is he, he was, a Hall of Famer? No, no, no. but he was mentally better than Sanchez. He was you a could professional have, quarterback. Yeah, you could have found the 2009 equivalent of Trent Dilfer by way of trade. or yeah, so, yeah, I don't know yeah, who would have yeah, been yeah. available at that time on top of my head, but this is coming off of Brett Favre, one year of Brett Favre after they got rid of Chad. First of all, Chad would have won a Super Bowl with that team. I was just going to say, Chad would have won. Chad would have won a Super Bowl with that team, but we had to fucking dump him. And you think Favre wins a Super Bowl? He stays there? No. Okay. Favre wouldn't have done what Rex wanted. Favre wants to throw the ball 55 times a game. Why didn't Rex just let him? Well, Rex didn't coach with Favre, right? Rex came in in 2009. Rex was a rookie. Mark was a rookie. Yeah. That would have been Mangini's last year. Yeah. With, with Man Favre? Genius. Man Genius. The Penguin. There's honorable mentions anymore. Nah. Dishonorable mentions. No, I'm up to honorable. Oh, hold on. I'll go ahead and do them quick. Dishonorable mentions. 06 Beltron. Thanks for playing. Thanks for coming. Yeah. They lost that series game three. Game three, the game three, they lost it that series. It doesn't matter. I remember no, the they, they, no, Set, no, set I the stage. The page, I remember the moment. I remember crying. That's what, I remember falling on the ground. That's I, what, remember, I remember the whole thing. Yeah, but that's what everybody remembers. They lost that series game three when Billy Wagner throws that fucking slider, that hanging slider, that Scott Spezio fucking hits 400 feet foul. And then throws the same fucking pitch. They were up. They were. They would have went up two one in that game. They would have won game three. They would have won game four and closed that series out. I understand the Beltron hurts. The iconic moment. And but also, you know when else they lost? They lost that series after Andy Chavez makes that catch. How they did not score a run that next inning. That's Unbelievable. When they lost that series. Unbelievable. But hold that thought because we'll get there. But the the funny thing about Beltron is just like you said. Oh, the the, the Yankees collapsed and no one talks about that. They talk about Boston coming back. Nobody talks about that Beltron is probably, you could back me up, you could not, probably top five greatest player ever in the playoffs, ever, ever in baseball history, ever. His playoff numbers, that's how good they are. And yeah. yeah, he's, he's he just got top. caught holding the bat. Got, yeah. And no, thanks. Always, I'm just looking. Yeah, Adam, he'll always be known as that. But people also forget Adam Wayne right, was that was oh, that was a fastball, too, right? Babe no. Ruth wasn't. Oh, no. Oh, Babe yeah. Ruth wasn't hitting that. No, no, no. I don't know why I thought it was like right was down the deck. 88 foot no. breaking ball. That he was the shit like, was like, yeah. It was like a 12 like, 6, just thanks for playing. And you saw him, he was like, oh, yeah, fuck. He knew it. Yeah. It was 3 2 count, though, no? Yes. You got to swing. Anyway. This is what they teach you Listen, when you're six. If the ball's ten feet above you and then drops. Nah, it, it was nasty, but it doesn't matter yeah, because like, it is what it is. And go in that batter's box. Go in that batter's box and watch Adam Reinwright's that that hook that he throws. Yeah. It's unreal, bro. It's a twelve to six. So I'm not yeah. defending Beltron. Swing the fucking bat. No, no, no. No, no I'm sure it's crazy. I'm not Carlos Beltron one, but I'm just saying. Like I stopped playing. <laughs> I stopped. I I played baseball probably like ages six to however old you so are in fifth grade. Ball. No, I saw mostly, like, by the time kids were getting uh, breaking 70, it was like, uh, lacrosse looks wild, dude. I want to go play that. It's like, so so let me let me put it to you this way. But, like, the that, first thing they teach you, full count, you swing the fucking bat. Like, if, it, if it's, unless it's going to hit you in the head or you can't reach it on the outside, you swing the see, fucking bat. They, they don't teach you when, you don't, they don't teach you swing the bat on a 3-2 count. You have to see the pit. Like, that's the whole thing with baseball. Like, you need to know, you need to try to know what's coming. So, like, the, 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 here's how I was going to put it to you. That that curve is like Allen Iverson's crossover. He broke Michael Jordan with that crossover. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the only thing I'm gonna say, and then we'll he ruined Tyler's life. Yeah. Th- this is the sad part. Now it's gonna get happy. This is all the miserable part of the of the this this dishonorable mention. But this is. This well, I mean, I guess that depends your fandom, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Depends the lens you're looking through the yeah, list. I like I tried to look through the lens of New York. 
Positive. New York. Oh, um, well, moments yeah. for New York. Like, not necessarily for the Jets or for the, like, just good moments for New York in general. So, the thing about Beltron is, and this is the last thing I'll say on it, it's a 3-2 count. It's a big moment. It's a high spot, high leverage spot. You're not thinking, if you're Beltron, he's going to throw you a curveball 3-2 because he's not going to want to put you on. So you're thinking, yeah, you're not going to get a perfect pitch, but you're going to get something to hit. He's sitting on a fastball there. Of course you are. Because, listen, you know, logically, curveballs have less control. So you're thinking, he's not going to want to walk me. He's going to he's gonna pitch to me. And it just, Wainwright had the balls and it worked out that way. Anyway, here we go. Honorable mentions. It's going to get a little happier now. Andy Chavez robs the home run. It cannot be further or make a list or go higher because they didn't win. But that is one of the most iconic moments in Mets history that I can think of. I couldn't, I couldn't put it on there because that game hurt too much. Yeah, it hurt. That game hurt. It hurt. When well, was this? When Andy Chavez went over. What, the same what game. year? Game, game oh, seven. Same series. Game seven. Cardinals. Two, Mets. Two thousand six. That was the CS. The Yadi Molina yeah. fucking home run. Game. He robs his home run. Comes over. His whole mitt comes over. He comes back and then throws the guy out of yes, the base. Yes, I remember that. It's an unreal catch. It's unreal. And then, like he said, for them not to go into the next half inning and score. It's was nuts. just it was just gross. It's gross. It's, a, it's 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 just an absolute shame. And I thought it. for sure the way that team was that year, like when Beltran came up with bases loaded, you're like he he how many walk offs did he hit that year? He had like five walk offs or something something stupid. Yeah. And like that team was like a, the team they would go down and then they would fight back and they would end up winning the game. I mean it's like you watch in the Subway series David Wright hitting hitting off of Mariano hitting that double off of Mariano Rivera to win the game. That's just like mm-hmm. that's how that team was. Mm-hmm. But to not to not score in that half inning, it was so unlike that team that year. I have one more Met one, and I'll just I'll just should I just read you know. You can go ahead if you want. All. Yeah. all right, so we got Andy Chavez, we got the Wilmer Flores. I love that moment. Thank I, you, Wilmer. I was you were there, right? I was at the game. Oh, that's okay. why. Yeah. So he hit the, the home game, run, and yeah, they <laughs> cried. They traded him this, yeah. that, and then the 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 run after that. Yeah. Fantastic, Jeter on his three thousandth hit. Hits a home run, and then the last game of his career, on his last hit, walk hits off. a walk-off. Walk off game at Yankee Stadium. Right, you're right. Stop it. Just stop it. Guys, storybook through and through. I'm not the biggest Jeter fan, but And the cleanest, through. cleanest, one of the cleanest New York superstars. Can't do right? You can't, you, you can't touch that guy. He's, and, he's uh, banging a lot. Dude, yeah, we know that, but but there's no accusations. There's no, yeah, he's never been in the paper for anything bad. Last thing, and you might remember this, Baby Hawk. Uh, Linsanity. I'm gonna give it oh, an honor. Wow, mention. really? Yep, for just what couldn't happened. Couldn't do it. Yep, I had to. Couldn't do it. Oh, I, I could. It's, it's, you, you put it on there? Oh, yeah. It's interesting because, well, yeah, if you put it on there, we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Alright, you guys didn't. I put it on there. there on I understand. There. There's not many Nick moments. I understand. I understand. So you have to, okay. you know? I understand. We're Which talking is, fucking yeah. Easter Sunday. Carmelo Anthony no, almost I, made the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony on Easter Sunday. I forgot about That's that moment. Where you're at, dude. We still uh, like to this not. day. Anyone shoots a long jump shot, and you're just like Melo on Easter. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean, like it's <laughs> we have few and far between good moments. Oh, uh, Melo on Easter was different. Yeah, different. Was... Go ahead. I don't know Do you remember Carmelo on Easter Sunday, Jack? No, I remember on St. Patrick's. He though. stepped into like a. No, no. He stepped into like a forty-two footer, right? He shot it out yeah. of the building, hit it, <laughs> then went down again and hit it again from like half court. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was wild. and then he's screaming, and they win the game. I feel he's like screaming. I've seen this before. He's screaming, "This is my city. This is my town." Well, they were, and they were wearing like white, yeah, white, melting, yeah. dude. People are melting. I'm, I'm running around the house like crazy. Yeah, dude. I, I, I forget you guys like missed it. You like missed all of it. hundred yeah, percent. Like Ewing, it. who's Ewing? Like yeah. missed all that. That's yeah. gone. 
Ewing, Ewing blowing out his Achilles almost made my dishonorables. On, uh, Jordan, if I saw that live, dude, it would take my clothes off and ran down the block. Yeah. It was different. I just, it was just I different. Reggie Miller game, dude. I'd hang myself if I watched that happen live. Um, oh, I listen, didn't say that. That was my other dishonorable mention. Again. Reggie stuns Knicks, but yeah. we're not going to get into that. No, I don't, I, tell not, Spike Lee to choke on it. It's Spike Lee's fault. No, Spike no, Lee told him. Spike Lee's fault. No. Shut the fuck up. Spike no. Lee fucking po- poked the <laughs> dragon, dude. It's the guy that doesn't play his fault. Yeah, because he poked the fucking dragon. No. Somebody no. on the he next looked at Reggie ball. Miller and he First said, you're a fucking choke job, dude. Poke the dragon. What the fuck is that? Spike Lee went to Reggie Miller and said, you're a fucking no. choke job, dude. That's it's why not. Reggie did it back to him no. after. That's it's not, not Spike Lee's about. fault, though. It's not. It's, it's, the guy, like, there was a lot. Hey, listen, you're playing against Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason. There is shit talking like you wouldn't believe. And Reggie Miller was like, I'm not just going to disrespect you. I'm going to disrespect your fans. And who's the fan? The fan. No, the fan, yeah. Yeah, it's Spike Lee. If I get at Spike Lee, I'm getting at everybody in the garden. Fuck you. Fuck you, Reggie Miller. If Reggie Miller ever listens to this podcast, fuck you. I'll fight you. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Reggie Miller. And he, fuck loves, Reggie and he Miller. loves that I hate you, that, that we hate him. Yeah. And his generation has Trey Young now, so we're all good. Honorable mentions. Trey Young is not. I Reggie don't Miller. have no, he, any. Where, you don't have any? No. No, after, after, he's, he's like too. the new Nick fucking. Am, we hate him. Honorable yeah, the, mentions. The, one, the one round of the, play, of the playoffs. I'll go. No, yeah. August 11th, 2015. IKNM Polly breaks Geno Smith's jaw, ending his tenure with the New York Jets. <laughs> Putting us out oh, of our misery. Yes. Puts us out of our misery. Oh, gets us Ryan Fitzpatrick and the 10 win season. Dude, that just ends. Call, call quits after that one. Over, mind, mind you, it was over like that's a couple a of hundred bucks. That's a 10 out of 10. It was over a couple of hundred <laughs> bucks, dude. <laughs> I believe the dispute was over. Like Gino was supposed to come to one of IK's camps, and IK yeah. IK bought the plane ticket, which was like a couple hundred bucks. And Gino was like, "Nah, fuck you, I ain't going." And he just sucker punched him, dude. Oh, that's amazing that that's your honor. Yeah, dude, it put us out of the Gino misery. Because if we, it would have taken us to like week ten to see Ryan Fitzpatrick that year if he didn't get his jaw broken. Oh, that's amazing. And then my other one, um, January sixteenth, two thousand eleven. The 2010 NFL season, coming off of just the divisional round, coming off of just a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football, a 41-3 to shit-kicking on national television from the Patriots. The New York Jets beat the Patriots in the 2010 divisional round, 28-21. to I had that news, the back page of the Newsday was Cotchery, Brown Edwards, and Holmes all doing the Jet thing after the game. I had that on my wall for like five years in my nice. bedroom. Great moment. I mean, you know, we wind up going on to lose to the fucking Steelers the next week, and it is what it is. But, you know, that that was everyone. The Jets should have been dead to rights that game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm okay with that. Honorable, honorable mention. All right. I got three. Um, so I got Carmelo Anthony to the New York Knicks. Gets traded to the Knicks. Changes the franchise. Yes. You got to get that way up there. I got – listen, you'll see on my list. Uh. I got 41 nothing Giants over the Vikings, best offensive team in the league. We shut them out and dropped 41 on them. I mean, it sucks because uh, we didn't win the Super Bowl. And then I got uh, Dwight Gooden's 1985 and Jacob DeGrom's 2018, two of the most dominant seasons anybody's ever pitched. You, watch, you look at Dwight Gooden's numbers, he was 24-3. and three. I think 21 of the 24 games were complete games. He struck out like 300-something batters that year. He was just lights out. His doc. 
That's Doc at 85. Like, just, they're probably one 500, but. Yeah, he's averaging 1.3 handles of booze a night. Yeah. No, that's why he was a cocaine guy. Wasn't drinking with the coke? No, just coke. He was a coke guy. And then Jake DeGrom, you know, the number that's that's just astounding to me is the fact that if he, if they scored three or more runs, he would have won, I think, 32 games that year and just was dominant. I mean, he went to the mound. Mets didn't win the games because they couldn't score runs at all. Didn't he have a crazy war that year? His his numbers across. If you, I don't have to pull up his numbers. They were insane. It was insane. The pitch, the year that he had, he also struck out like two. Honestly, for the better part of two years, he was the greatest pitcher on planet Earth for like by a wide margin. And that's but it I was played. like quiet though because it's everyone was all excited about Harvey at this point and Degrom no, was no, quiet. Harvey had ended. Harvey was oh, gone. Harvey was, was gone by this point. They could, they weren't winning because, but I, like when Harvey was the Dark Knight and doing all this oh, shit, like Degrom was, was very quietly like, right, the better want... pitcher. Like Harvey when when Harvey insanity was going on with the Mets, I feel like he when was the he third Harvey, best pitcher in the rotation. Was gone, he won Rookie of the Year, Jacob Degrom. Yeah, and some wasn't Mats better than Harvey too that year. I mean, at the end, yeah. You want you want to hear something? So two things real quick. I also forgot I had one more, but I'll go when you're done. No, I'm sorry. Uh, just two quick, no, no problem. Two quick stories. So I told the story. My grandfather, a uh, huge Yankee fan, moved to Arizona. The Yankees training facility was in Arizona. Called me. I'm, I've, I've, I've told the story before. I'm just going to tell it quick. Told me. He go, you know, he's like, I went to spring training today. He's like, there's two players that you need to go and get all their baseball cards, get every single rookie card you can find, Homer Bush and Derek Jeter. He struck out on the one, but on Derek Jeter, 100% right. This is in 1992 or 93. So way before Jeter was Jeter. Um, Jamie's stepfather, Frank, the diehard of the most diehard Met fans. He and I were talking the Mets. This is back in 2013. Harvey was all the rage. He said, Harvey's not the guy. There's a kid down in the, down in the minor leagues. He used to be a shortstop. They converted him to a pitcher. He's lights out. His DeGrom. name is Jacob DeGrom. Last thing he told me before he died. God damn, he was right. So I was two, hanging out down in Port St. Like, Lucie. Two older guys tell me late, you know, late, later in their lives, like these are the guys to watch, and they both were right on both, which is insane. This is what I will give you when we were talking about off air about baseball being the best sport. For sure, it's the sport that you can see something in somebody young and be like, that's a, like you can look at a Little League World Series yeah. player and be like, he's going. Yeah. Football, basketball, a million things could happen. How many guys should have went? Should have been the guy, but you know, one wrong cut well, and you're done. You gotta be six five. Like, you have to. That's the other thing too. You can't five. teach six. Eight. That's why Curry's all the rage right now because anyone could be Steph Curry. Yeah. Anyone could learn how to shoot Not and me, dribble. But yeah. No, but I mean, Even any, him, he's six. What is he? Six, six three. three. So he's yeah, like my I, size. Yeah. It's great. But no, but you looking at him, you can learn how to shoot I know threes. You don't think so? Like all you guys are over six foot. I know you guys don't think so. But, like, because you're like, oh, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, to me. And then you're like, ah, 6'5". Yeah, five. we're the size of a point guard. Like, you're like 6'5", that's that's two inches. Like, whatever. Like, two inches to me is colossal. Like, the difference between me and you is eternity. The difference like, between you and 6'6". Six, six like, like, but Trey, I just mean... Like, Trey Young looks like a small guy. He towers over you. Towers over In me. In all of the... And that's in, a point guard. Like, a little point guard. In, in terms of, like, play style and, how, and like, how you play. Oh, like, change the game. You can... Do all of the leg extensions, all of the calf raises, all of the jumping programs, all of the shit you want. You're never throwing down a Statue of Liberty or a windmill dunk in a game. It's you're never going to be able to do it. Slam Jack might never be able to do it, and he's six foot five. Right. He could probably dunk in a game if you worked on it, but like throwing down a crazy windmill or something, alley oop, never going to happen no, for him. By the way, we could all 
shoot a thousand three pointers a game and wall sit and dribble through our legs and be able to fuck you. You might be five foot nine and have six foot three guy guarding you, but if you can put it over his head, no, doesn't yeah, fucking matter. We, we we had a guy. His name was Bronson Martin. He's the all time. I don't know if he still has it, but he was for a long time the all time leading scorer in West Hampton Beach. And legit, he he was six one. He played shooting guard, and the play was he would start at the top of the key. He would go to the corner. They would set picks for him. They'd throw it to him in the corner, knock down a three-pointer. Did it for from the time he, he was in the seventh. He made the varsity when he was in the seventh grade. And legit, that was the only, like, not the only, like, he did a but lot that's of That's what things. he did, yeah. But that was, like, the that play. The, thing, yeah. the Bronson. That's what they call it. They call it the Bronson. You know, because he would <laughs> legit, like, just run to the corner. We'd all set picks for him, pass the Bronson, and he would not knock down a three every single time. And he was not a big guy, and he had a full ride to go whatever school. It was a D2 school. And he was going to be a starter, but he stopped to, you know, stop basketball for to pursue academics, which was smart. Now a guy makes a lot of money. Worked out for him. Yeah, yeah. My last honorable mention, which I forgot about because I actually had it in my list. It winds up, I guess this is number 11. Like yeah. it wasn't um, January 20th, 2008, the 2007 NFC Championship game. Giants, Packers, and Lambeau. Unbelievable. Fucking zero degrees. Feels like negative seven, right? Something like yeah, that. The f- now famous Tom Coughlin's face got face stuck frozen. like that yeah. and never moved. It never changed from that game for the rest of it. It's been <laughs> frozen crazy. like yeah. that forever. I remember watching that game. That whole run, being like a bitter Jets fan, you know, because when you're fo- 2007, we're in ninth grade when this ha- eighth grade when this happened. Oh, you're in the eight, eighth grade? Wow. No, ninth, 2007, 2008, we would have been ninth grade. Ninth grade, ninth grade. We were in ninth grade when this happened. Freshman in high school. Wow. So, you know, and meanwhile, I've, it, we're pre-2009 Jets at this point. So I've seen the 2000 team with their collapse. That 2004 team had a collapse. And other than that, pain. The 04 team was the in San Francisco, right? I thought that was in Denver. They blew the lead in Denver. In 04. Oh, no, that's 98 I'm thinking of was Denver. Yeah. 04 might. No, San Francisco, they wouldn't have played in the playoffs because that's NFC. Uh, oh, you're talking about the Jets. Talking yeah, I'm talking about the Jets. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So... You know, being the bitter Jets fan that I am, like, you don't want to root for I don't want to see fucking the Giants, like, do well when I'm dealing with that. That's the same year we have. That's our last year when we had, like, I can't tell. I can't remember if that was the year we had Favre or if that was the last year with, like, the Brooks Bollinger, Chad Pennington. We used, like, six quarterbacks that yeah, year. Regardless, Jets are terrible. By the time we get to this game, I'm like, let's go Giants a little bit. You know, that was a great game. Then they won, they won on a field goal. Yeah, right. they want a field goal. And meanwhile, they this, missed a field goal. Because because my man missed a field goal. Yeah, yeah, because the wind was crazy, right? And, and the it's game like before that was kicking a fucking rock. Yeah. Was the San Francisco 49ers when they when they fumbled the punt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wild. That whole run was wild. No, Which no, is, the game no. Before, the game four was the Cowboys game when Brandon Jacobs scored that touchdown. No, the Niners fumbled the kick in 2012 in that in the 2012. 2000, run. Oh, it was 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, the the that was the the Dallas Cowboy game when Brandon Jacobs scored that touchdown and he went over and smashed the ball against the fucking the game clock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, oh man, Jacobs, I man. I remember I was I was at my friend uh, Kevin Hutner's house and we called him Babbles and Babbles lived with like two like two other guys and they had this giant party and it was like. Half Cowboy fans and half uh, Giant fans. And your boy was wasted. And after Brandon Jacobs scored that touchdown, I was fucking crotch chopping all the fucking... Well, so if we're Cowboys 14, fans. if we're 14, you're 24 at this point. So you're like... Oh, I was getting after it. Getting after it. Like yeah. sports still oh, matter. No, sports yeah, gambling yeah, yeah, is yeah, probably yeah. at a, at a high point it. for yeah, your crew. Yeah. It. I remember I got off of work. I brought a 30 rack. And like we had to go back out to get more beers. Like and there nice. was beers. They like it was like good. one of those days. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, that's it. We're ready for ten. All right. Who, who starts? You want me the to start? Longest, the longest top ten of all time. 
Here it goes. I'll start. Okay. I'll make it quick because this is just there to be there. That's kind of my respect. 10 too. 1994 Rangers game seven. Messier gets it done. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm moving on. Oh, you're an Islander fan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I have to. I'm just going to put it in there because whatever. Number 10, 2008, David Tyree, helmet catch. David oh. Tyree is irrelevant outside of this catch, and that's why it's at number 10. James, go. All right, I'm not going to. We have time to get to it, so let's not even. My number 10, the reason it's number 10 is because although it happens in New York, it's a national moment, not really a New York moment. February 22nd, 1980, Lake Placid, New York, the miracle on ice. Do you believe in miracles? See now. The last time we'll ever see. I mean, the last time we'd ever see amateurs play in the Olympics. Yes. While meanwhile, the USSR at the time literally has their best people doing it. All that matters I had to them. I thought I figured it counted because it happened in New York, yeah. but I left it. I'll give it to you. You know, but now it's not. It should have a place on this list at the end, and it's not going to. Well, it's a national. It's an American sports I moment. No, I that just happened no. to take place in Lake You're Placid. Right. I thought of that. I was like, yeah, I'll give it. I'll, 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 I'll vouch. Like I'm okay if it, if no, it I'm winds up. If we're gonna count it, it should, that should be top five. Like that's one of the great. Yeah, places. but no, no, it, no. It's this is everybody makes the list the way they make the list. I'm just saying it's number yeah. ten, Whitey. All right, so mine's a little weird. Number ten, it's weird because I asked Whitebread. I said, "Is it just the four major sports?" He said, "No." And as a wrestling guy, I had to pick number 10, WrestleMania 10. I had that and I erased it. So <laughs> the reason, there's there's a, a number of reasons I picked WrestleMania 10. Madison Square Garden forever was the home of the WWF. So in my opinion, this was like their last, before they went big, big national, I think WrestleMania 10 is like the last of, like, yes, they had WrestleMania like 3. They had, but this was like, it's felt like a, an old school WWF show at home. Two of arguably the greatest matches of all time, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, and ladder match. Brother versus brother, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. I mean, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. And also, it's like the first WrestleMania they did without without Hogan. So it was like, this was like the jumping Will point. <laughs> this is the jumping off point into uh, the the the, next, the new generation, you know, the, the HBK, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart era, Undertaker. Uh, no Undertaker on this pay-per-view, but still like a big-time pay-per-view, just... You know, set the WWF off into the into the new era, so, and it happened in the Garden, which I think is a problem. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You so okay with that? you okay with that way? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Number nine, Jack, you let that fly. I'm with it. He's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna be pissed. That's okay though. I mean, I'm already pissed at your ten, but here we go. Number nine, uh, again, this is something that had to be there. Could have been higher had I been older, but my dad always speaks cantaloupe, so I have to. The Islanders becoming a dynasty. The, For sure. The yeah. day they were crowned a dynasty, he's a huge Islander fan. He's a huge hockey fan. So when he explains to me how good Mike Bossy was and those guys were and, and, the, and how, like, literally the point scoring. RIP recently just lost yeah. Mike Bossy. I know. We lost a few of them in the last, yeah. uh, in the last year. But, but anyway, that they, have, they hadn't lost a playoff series in not three years. They lost in the Stanley Cup of the fourth one. Wow. So they almost did it four times, but they lost in the Stanley Cup. No, they won four straight. The fifth one they I'm lost. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're totally. Even, that's what I'm saying. You're even more right. I know because I, I also... Okay. So we're not done talking about it yet. They won 16 playoff series in a row, right? That's what it was? Yeah, I guess. Over, yeah. Yeah, over 16. Which is just... Now, had I been able to be a part of it, it would have been higher. Islanders, another team we've experienced nothing but pain with. 
yeah. For the most part. Like, yeah, no, you no. Know? Pain, 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 pain all day. Think about if you're me, Jets, Jets, Knicks, Islanders. Like, what's born in 93? Probably actively a Jets fan since probably 97. Right it, it builds character. It, yeah, I mean. Makes you stronger. I mean, if you're a fan of any other team, it sounds like you'd want to kill yourself. If you're a fan of all three of those teams. Well, yeah, well, I'm, well here I am, baby. Still exactly. standing strong. Number That's nine, a, a Jack. Character builder. Uh, number nine, Giants beat Patriots again in 2012. I got nothing else. Number nine, James. All right, that's fine. Um, He's making me my number nine, very similar to what you just said, uh, would probably matter more if I was alive at the time, would probably matter more if I cared a little bit more about this team. It's the 1986 Mets World Series. As we all famously know, game six, a, a complete egregious error is made that even lets the Mets get to game seven where they eventually win. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know the player, but... Go Buck, man. Go Buck, and right, right, bounces right, goes right between his legs. What all star first? Yeah, it goes right through his legs. He right? was an all star then. Not that. Oh, he was. This is this is Bill Buckner at the end of his. He should have been in the game. He was in the game to sell, to win the championship. Yeah. Also, shout out game seven. Bill and Ann were in attendance. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, my parents. My parent. My dad's been to three World Series closeout games. Two for the Yankees and one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was at the 99 closeout World Series game for the Yankees, the Subway Series closeout game, game five, and the 1986. And every time it was like, hey, I got an extra ticket. You want to come? My dad was working in 1986, and one of his coworkers was like, I can't go to the game. You want these tickets? He called my mom at work because this is way before cell phones, obviously. Picked her up straight from work early. They were both working in Manhattan. Went straight to Queens from work. Unbelievable. Game seven is actually – people forget how good game seven was. Yeah. Of the 86 then. Yeah. Number nine for Whitey, right? Uh, so it was hard. I, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I had to put the night, the New York Yankees between 1995 and 2001. I know we're supposed to pick a moment, but that, that team from 95 to 2001, there's 45 different moments you could pick between five, five rings, right? Five rings. No, four rings in that time period, four rings. So they 95, they're in the playoffs. They lost the, 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 the Mariners with Griffey Jr. scoring the famous run around. You know, coming around that, that game was, which was like that was an incredible series. Don Mattingly's first playoff series it was just like it was insane. Um, ninety six they win, beat the Braves. The Braves with all that pitching. Ninety seven they lose to the Indians, which was just a stacked lineup. Ninety eight best team in the history, one of the best teams in the history of the game. And like just in that time, like just in the time from like I said ninety five to two thousand one, you know the Mister November, Scott Brocious, like. Dwight Gooden's no hitter. David Cohn's no hitter. David Wells no. I mean, like, you, there's just endless, endless moments you could pick. So I just picked that entire run, because like, how do I, as not a Yankee fan, which one is the? I like to me, they're all awesome, but like, which one do I pick? Mm-hmm. So I just picked that whole time frame period. All okay. right. Well, number eight, I picked one, but you're gonna have to help me. Uh, the Jeter. Mister November. No. A L C. A L D S. A L D S. The, the the throw. So I think that's game six. Is it game six? I believe. Okay. I believe. I, I'm not a Yankee fan, okay. so I remember the, game. the the jump throw? No. No, he, he cuts off he cuts off uh so Jeremy Giambi, Jason Giambi's brother. R.I.P. Coming around third. Steroids, right? I don't know. How Derek Jeter even thinks to go and cut he, that. He ball. shouldn't have been there. There's no reason for him to be there, but just like in like Have the, you ever seen the play? The I ma- don't know. The magic of Derek Jeter's career. He so yeah. Uh, I think is it David? No, David. Uh, who's playing the outfield at that point? Sheffield. Sheffield, I think, is playing in in right field. Gets the ball, throws it to the cutoff man. Cutoff man makes this like 
shit throw that hits the dirt. Jeter comes out of nowhere, like a coming across the first base foul line. Past the first base foul line from shortstop. Catches the ball, flips it to Posada, who tags out Jeremy Giambi, saves the game. Yeah, so here, I, ha- in- I have it up here. And, insane. And again, if I was... Play. So it's Miguel. I think that's Miguel Tejada batting, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's not Miguel. Oh, yeah, maybe it was. So I think that's Sheffield. Oh, no, no. That's... Uh, Look at where Jeter... Why is he there? Why is he there? And it's so funny because every every time Jeter comes up, people say he was a terrible defensive shortstop. But again, that's I think that's in that time that that, that, is. that run that I'm talking and about. And that's fun. Is and Jeter I, like missed some routine plays, but had these crazy plays that he made? No, Jeter was it? like so fundamentally sound; it's insane. Then why do people say he was a bad defensive shortstop? He wasn't bad. He, he just was wasn't the third, best. He, he was the best. third best at, at the height of the shortstops, which is him, Garcia, Parra, and A. Rod. He was the third best shortstop of the three of them. Defensively, because Garcia Parra was unreal. I mean, people. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I, maybe I'm out of bounds to say that because maybe Jeter was a little bit better than Garcia Parra. Jeter was a good player. I wouldn't. Jeter's like a very good. He's like a very very good ball. Player. I wouldn't like, say that you're out of, out of pocket with that. Honestly, I mean, because Garcia Parra had like three or four seasons in a row where he was phenomenal. Like he was so good on that like 97, 98, 99, and 2000 Red Sox teams. Garcia Parra was so good, but A Rod was above and beyond both of them. Not even close. A Rod was so far and away better than them, but like those are like now I don't know, but I could be wrong. But that was like the what was the golden age of shortstops? Because it ain't now. It's hard to say because like the like, '60s had no. Some it's all about the out, power hitting outfielders. It's like, that's it's, the age we're in now. It's the the the. You can't. It's hard to compare different generations. Like, how do you compare Babe Ruth to Willie Mays? So, so, so you know, this, you, this can, is you can't. It's hard to. Com- you go back far enough. It's hard to I compare those radio, guys because like, those guys would pitch every three days, Lindor. right, and hit and play the field and shit. Like, Lindor didn't Babe Ruth pitch, hit, Matt. and play in the field? Not a, not all, obviously same Lindor game. Lindor is the greatest Matt. What shortstop of all time? And then better I got, than Reyes? And then I got to thinking, and I'm like, better than Reyes? Oh, I didn't say it. I'm saying oh. this is what I heard on the radio. The fans. This is what I heard on the fans. And he's not better than Reyes. I, well, I, I was thinking, and I'm like, he's definitely two. He will be better than Reyes when it's done. He's got a, a season and, and three quarters, though. But he's already better than Ray Ordonez. Like, well, offensively, but not yeah, defensively. No, not defensively, but no. you don't. If you give Ray Ordonez was like a special uh, defensive player. Yeah, but if you give a little bit on offense, you're a better player than Ray Ordonez because as long as you're not hurting in the field. I don't know because Ray Ordonez saved Listen, so many games for us in 99 and 2000. So many games. I'm just saying. I'm like, wow, they, the Mets really never had any good shortstops in their franchise. Jack. Number eight, Giants beat the Patriots 2007. That's the Plaxico Burris season where he has a career year and he's playing fucking on painkillers the entire season. Broken <laughs> ankle. Um... I think it was broken ankle or like something wrong. No, no, lower, you're right. Part of the you're foot. right. No, you're right. Ankle, foot, and uh, yeah. crazy season. And uh, he did have a crazy season. I'm unbelievably scared. What his top is? Yeah, I'm so like, nervous. Well, are you, younger, are you going from one to ten? No, he's younger and he's not a Giants fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember. I know. Th- you know? Just be happy. I gave you the respect it deserves. Like, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Oh seven, Jack would be turning six. No, I the get April it. after that season. It. You know, you're like, up. He's running around playing GameCube while we're at that Super Bowl party. I'm up for my number eight. You said it already. I didn't have the exact moment, the Messier moment, but I just have the rain, the 1994 Rangers run. That whole run yeah. was a pretty crazy run. I mean, I'm I almost Rangers fans are such dicks because you. I almost want to feel bad for them because yeah. they're this other team that's still talking about 
highlights from 94 yeah. and we're still talking about something that happened yeah. 52 years ago. But they're yeah, just yeah, yeah. so egregiously terrible in the state. I've watched Ranger fans tell kids that Santa wasn't real. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't feel for them, you know? But so, 94 was an incredible run for that team. I'm not going to tangent this, but Met Yankee game two weeks ago. Mets win. We're leaving the stadium. And people are chanting, 27. What are we doing here? I know. Like, we're, especially if you're like Jack's age. Fucking, you were nine years so old. What? You were seven, eight years old. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Weird. Go ahead. Number seven. Uh, no, number eight. Number eight. eight. Yeah. Uh, the 1985 NBA draft. The Knicks draft. Patrick Patrick the cold envelope. Let's go. What do you think? You think it was Hold on. Before we do that, Jack, are you low? aware of the cold envelope yeah, theory? The, the corner was like bent on the yeah. envelope. I'm well, they said it was no, they said they stuck it in a freezer so that way it was cold. The only cold one. Listen, yeah. we, we all I'm, know, we all know, and especially at the time, the commissioner of the NBA, David Cern, knows. That the, the New York Knicks are a good basketball team. It's better for the NBA. Yeah. Agreed. So I think it's let's, I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. But what I will say is Patrick Ewing getting drafted by the Knicks changed forever changed the the franchise, brought them into a fairly dominant Eastern Conference team in the playoffs every single year of his career as a Knick. Just that was the goal of age of basketball. Like, what else? What else can he say about the guy? I mean, the guy was—you know—he did everything for this for the for the city. He did everything for the organization. In a different era, they probably would have won a few. If games. they had ever gotten him any help, any help, you know, if he had a a, a, a number two, him and Charles Barkley, him and uh, you know Larry Johnson, they got Allen Houston late. wasn't cutting it. Yeah, I mean Allen Houston. We all love Allen Houston. Late, but come on, it's just—it's just they should have beat the Rockets though, but we're not going to get it. The Rockets were a better team, but they had them. The, the Rockets, they had to beat. Rockets were a better team. No, they didn't. I watched that series. I watched every game of that series. You don't think Ward, Ward's tipping? No, no, not Charlie Ward. You talking about? He wasn't on that team in '94. I mean, uh, who who missed the tipping? No, no. The, the 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 game seven was John Starks missing. He missed like he was like oh he was like fifteen. Right? He missed like fourteen out of fifteen three point shots or some something, something stupid. He was so bad. It was like and I felt bad. You felt bad for him. You love John Starks. Like he did everything for I us that year. No, I I not nah, like a real Knicks fan feels bad for. John it's because you were still swimming around in your daddy's yeah. sack. Here's how I'll explain it. I love the Knicks. They did nothing for me. I never saw anything of that era, but I do know that John Starks is a dog. So. Yeah. I mean, John Starks was like, you know, he had the dunk I mean, the year before. Like, I mean, he, yeah, he, he he dunked dunked the NBA was littered with dogs back then, dude. Yeah, the whole league yeah. was just a bunch of dogs, dude. Like, I remember sitting there and, like, just being sad. Like, just being sad. Like, watching, this is your guy. And he's like, you're like, come on, just hit one. Just or hit, just stop shooting him, Just No, because no, he was, no, like, it, he was our guy. Like, he was our, like, you know, Ewing, here's the thing. Ewing scored because he had to. Like, Ewing shouldn't have been the top scorer on that team. John Starks was like... Should have been the guy who was the top scorer. You know what I didn't add to this list that I'm going to regret later? What's that? The four-point play. Oh, it's on here. Don't worry. Whitey's got you covered. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Number seven. Number seven, perfectly put at seven, Carmelo comes home. Oh, I disagree. Carmelo comes home. And the reason... You have it higher? No. You're talking about 2009? I didn't even get it on my list. When he when he gets traded to the next, yeah, back. number seven. Uh, I, I have a way high. Knicks acquired Carmelo okay. in 2010. He has it. He has it too. And here's why. I, here's Did they why get Jr. Smith come in the trade too? No, or is that a free agency decision. No, they signed Jr. Smith after the lockout ended. He was playing ball in China during the lockout. So here's how it goes. It can only be seven because they did nothing with it. 
They gutted their team when they acquired Carmelo, and I know it was great for the city, and I know they had uh, one really good team where not really good. I don't want to say really good, but like no, they were like, a good team. They, they were, they were, team. but they were, but for me, you you always knew they weren't good enough. Like that team wasn't championship. That was a, that was that was that was fun season playoffs. This is gonna be this is gonna be cool. It's gonna be good to watch. But unless something happens to another team, like they're losing a player, like to injury or something, it's not like that. This is not their. They're not gonna win. They can't win with this team. Had they not gutted the team for the trade and they let him hit free agency and he joined as a free agent, that team could have won a championship. The team that they gave up that could have won. A we'll championship. talk about it later. I disagree. But. You had number that was it number seven number seven, seven? was yeah. wait seven. that was your number seven too yeah. yes all right fine my number seven New York Islanders nineteen eighty nineteen eighty one nineteen eighty two nineteen eighty three Stanley Cup champions four in a row we talked about it already we don't need to unbelievable yeah, if we were there it might be higher but we weren't there if we were there it'd be fucking two yeah. all right so I got number seven I got uh two thousand one Mike Piazza hits a home run to beat the Braves. First baseball game back after 9-11. Um, for a number of reasons, this is important. It was important for the country. It was important for the Mets. The Mets were in a playoff hunt at that point. They didn't make the playoffs that year. That's why it's not higher. But that, you know, you're beating the Braves, your arch rival. It's just, you know, it, it's that home run is everything. Did he cook one? Oh, he, you don't remember that? You don't know this? No, I know this. Oh. It's way high on my list. But I'm saying, did he throw one right down the middle for him? No. No, no, this was in the... That was eighth inning, right? Wasn't a walk-off? Eighth, eighth inning. Eighth inning, down by one, hit a two-run yeah. shot. He, like, it just, it was, like, I get emotional talking about it because, like, I was a senior in high school. Um, the Mets were, like I said, in a playoff hunt. It was, like, right after, it was, I think, the 26th. Yeah, the 21st. 21st. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have it. I have it, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's important. I'm it's just, just shocked it's seven for you. Because they didn't win. They didn't, they, you know, that day was important for the country, not just for the Mets, not just for, it was important for the country for us to get back to a sense of normalcy. And it was also important. But it wasn't us coming back to baseball. It was the first game in New York. First game in New York. They came back to baseball. They played, the Mets played a series somewhere else Still, before they came Still, all the firefighters' out. families were invited to that yeah. game. And it was just. It was just a big, it was a big, it was a big, it was our first big event in New York. Mm-hmm. And and also, like I think at the time the Mets were they were three games back of the Braves, so they win that game, they go two games back. Right. They're they're in the hunt, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's a, it's a race. We're looking, and this is after the '99 and 2000 seasons. You know, Piazza's our guy. You know, so it's like you got your guy up there hitting the home run. It just it was important. It was very important. Yeah, definitely. Number six for me is Mario Manningham's catch slash Giants repeat. Nice. And repeat. I mean, on the on the page. I didn't even put that one on my list. Yeah, Mario yeah. Manning's hands kick, which was great. Don't get me wrong, but that team compared to four years earlier, everything about like in my heart, I was like, we we could beat this team. Like we 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 can do it. Again. I it almost wasn't like David versus Goliath. It was like we could do it again. Like, I almost want to say if we're comparing catches, that catch might be the better catch because. A lot of luck going into the, and we'll talk about it later. A lot of luck goes into not just to catch the whole play. Oh, a lot absolutely. of luck goes into the Mario Manningham was clean pocket, steps up, rips the ball down the sideline, 
He fingertips this ball and gets both of his feet so, down with a couple of inches to I spare. I always wonder, like, analytically, where, you know how, like, they break those things down up a bowl, like, oh, the, the, the catch Separation. And, no, no. The, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, yards of separation, percentage no, yeah, of complete the catch. So, yeah. Percentage of, yeah, percentage of the complete catch. I would love to see what some of those were back in the day before all that. Like, if they were, were breaking those. I, that's got to be. Back when Ray Lewis was allowed to take your head off if you tried to catch the ball outside the hashes, dude. <laughs> Like, there were none of these drag routes, Jack, and slant routes back you then. Because you, you would get you would get annihilated. You'd get your slot so, receiver broken into three pieces. So that was the was it, it was a different game when it was vicious. As a Giants fan, I don't have that Super Bowl run on my list. Um, but I will say, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but this is my opinion. I think when they I knew that team was had a good shot was when Eli took that shot in that NFC Championship game against the Niners and he got up in his helmets fucking sideways. Yeah, yeah. He's got the dirt on the. It's ship. a meme now. Yeah, and like that's that was the moment when I was like, all right, I fucking love this maybe, guy. Yeah, maybe maybe like, maybe he do it again. And like that was just you want to talk about a quarterback. Like I mean, a quarterback coach tandem. Every time that they were about to get fired, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. They were ready to move on from Tommy C and Eli in 06. He wins a fucking Eli Super Bowl. statistically mediocre. Clutch though. Clutch. Right. Clutch. Clutch. But he I'm did, not saying he's he did like enough statistically ever. he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I'm but just, yeah, two rings those gets rings you in. Those rings do it. Two, guy, two rings gets you in. That guy gutted out those playoffs. Cuz he was His getting best season smoked. the Giants didn't even do that good. That's right? what I'm saying. I mean, he was a good quarterback. Eli was a good quarterback. A, he was a franchise is he, quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? No. But he was a good quarterback and did what he needed to do to yeah, win. But, st- but you look at some of his statistics and they're fucking bloated. He's like oh, way sure. high up on the list. Sure. Right? Go ahead, ready? Number, Number six. six. I think you guys will like this, but I could be wrong. I'm a little unsure about it, but this is what I read. Uh, want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Johan Santana. Yeah. Correct? K-Rod, throws, baby. Throws first no-hitter in no, best history. K-Rod, 2008. No. K-Rod is Francisco K-Rod is Right, you're right. I'm sorry. Actually, we call him Nohan. No, all right, yeah. Nohan. No-han. Throws first no hitter in Mexico. Hey, you get it? You get it? Yeah, I get it. Okay, you're making me nervous. I I don't give a fuck about baseball. Oh, oh, take it easy. Um, and first no hitter Mets history, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, and then the second one. Me and Alice, you know we're at. Delightful, dude. Sick. They so, say it was fake. Hmm. They say it should never have happened. Did you read that? No, I didn't. But I did read that this guy did throw this no hitter, and it's the first one in Mets history. And I figured you guys, you know, would appreciate. I that. think that Johan Santana, from a from a former pitcher myself. Uh, had one of the best circle changeups the game's ever seen. Ever. Um, ever. And he was the best pitcher for eight in an eight-year stretch on the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. The best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. He was phenomenal. And I don't think people give him his flowers enough. I think that was the beginning of the end, though. The 140. That was 137 yeah, pitches. Yeah, so right? many fucking pitches. Yeah. They, they had nothing that year. That was, like, what, 2012? That was the that was the World Series. Like, that I think was, it was 2000. I think yeah. it was 2010. And he gave up a hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's time, I think. He gave up a hit, but he didn't give up a hit. It should have been a fair ball, but it was foul, right? Yeah. That's whatever. What are you going to do? It goes in the books as a a no-hitter. That was, like 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 you said, that was our World Series. Yeah, just like Galarraga's goes in as a one-hitter. The perfect game. You ever see that? Yeah, yeah. Most atrocious goal in the history of baseball. Go ahead. My number six, October 2000. It's the Subway Series. Uh, I understand where you have it being a Mets fan and having your personal story shelling out all of this cash because you were a young, brash whitey. Um, just look at it this way. It's the first time two New York teams played in the World Series since – check me on this. It's either 52 or 58. I think it might be 52, and then in 58, the Dodgers and the Giants both leave. The baseball Giants and the Dodgers leave. 62, the Mets show up, 
and it's the first and only time I think, right? The Mets and Yankees have played in a World yeah. Series. Yes. So for the state of New York, for the city of New York, literally it's the Subway Series because you take fucking public transportation to either game. People are buzzing. It's a rare opportunity because, like we said, New York is a city that's so divided. Like if the Yankees are in the Super Bowl, half the city still doesn't give a fuck. If, uh, not World Series, rather. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yankees are in the World Series. Half the city doesn't give a fuck. Mets are in the World Series. Half the city doesn't give a fuck. But then you have this third half of the city that are all transplants, right? So these people tend to not give a fuck either. But when it's a, something as big as this, you could even get the transplant from Chicago, who's a White Sox fan, to throw on a fucking Mets jersey and go get rowdy, you know, have a few beers. I was young. We're only seven years old. So 56. 56. 56 was the last time. Um, so, you know, I don't really. Being, being as young as we are, I don't remember it being as much of a big deal as it right. was because we were young. But I'll tell you right now, in his bedroom, that was my bedroom growing up, up until like. Probably we gutted the room a couple of years ago. I had a Subway Series pennant like hanging in my room. I think that's the only piece of Subway Series memorabilia I want is a Subway Series pennant. If 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 it happened again now, everything would be like obviously we're much older. I, I would have a different person. Electricity if it ha- and and we, it might be by the time this comes out we and could I'm be gearing tell you up right for now, it. The amount of money I'm going to spend on gambling, <laughs> on tickets, on jerseys, on merch. They're going to have me by the balls. Bro, they, want, bro, bro, bro. they want a Subway Series in New York for don't you Don't you dare ask Nick to come with you if they fucking play a Subway Series. Dude. Yeah. I'll fucking come up I'm with the money. I'm selling you. You're going to buy a house with that, it. Dude. What do you got? Number six. <laughs> number six. So I got two moments that happened in the same playoff run. It's the 1999 New York Knicks playoff run. The playoff run started off against the Heat, an arch rival of the Knicks. And game five, Allen Houston hit of the floater or the runner, whatever you want to call it. It fucking hits the rim like six times, like bing, 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 in. Knicks win. We advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We play the Pacers, another heated rival, and the four-point play. The reason I don't make them higher is because we didn't win. We got trounced by the Spurs. Patrick Ewing blows out his Achilles. And, and, and that's the end of that. Against the Pacers, and we have no shot. Because, like, maybe. <laughs> that's the end of that. Because maybe Patrick Ewing and Marcus Camby could have contended with Robinson and Duncan, but Marcus Camby by himself. Oh, Camby was so good when he was young. He was so good. He was so fucking good. That team was a good team. I mean, we had Latrell Sprewell, Allen Houston, Larry Johnson, Charlie Ward. I mean, that was a fun team. And those two moments in those playoffs are just like they were down three, right? Uh, down two nothing against. No, the, no, no. The four point play, they were down three. They were down by three points. Yeah, right. They were down three points at the end of the game, like the very end of the game. And Larry Johnson pulls up, gets out, knocks it down, four point hits JV. the three, gets up. The I mean, the stadium is. There are so many things about that that play. First of all, my cousins were there. My two cousins were there, which is crazy, but. Patrick and Dominic. Okay. If you look at that shot when when he hits that shot and the, the whole garden is fucking oh, like, shaking. Sh- shakes. Like, shaking. Now in that in that iconic picture, right? They have the brothers. Which brothers? The murderers. Oh, the Menendez? Yeah. They are there. Yeah. And they had murdered their parents, right? Yeah, something like that. Right right before the game. Yeah. And then showed up to the game after they murdered yeah, them. Watched like the game boys. courtside. 
And if you look at the shot, like of him like this shooting the ball, they're like right there. They're right behind him, and you see them both. And then they were arrested for murder like a week Dude, later. For years, we would be playing like street ball with our boys, and like after every time when somebody hit a sh- jump shot, they were doing this shit forever. Yeah, forever. I mean, so was... he hits this three, he ties the game. For and us, it was seconds this. left. And then <laughs> who who who's, who was he? Who who was it? Ewing was like when they were like. No, no, it was Larry Johnson. He did that. Because Charlie did, Ward. He did that to Charlie. Oh, he did that to Charlie somebody, Ward right? came up and grabbed him, and then he was like, yeah, calm yeah. down. Charlie like, Ward picked him up. Yeah, and Larry Johnson was like, iconic. Take it easy. I got to knock this foul shot down to win this game. But insane. Insanity. Those, those two moments are just like, are that, in that playoff run, and game one of the NBA Finals, I was like, we have a shot. Like, I know they're big and whatever, but then Tim Duncan and the big fundamental and the Admiral were just too much. Well, too, much. Are, you know, too much. Yeah. Two of the greats. Sean Elliott, like, just banging threes. We'll take a break and go into the top five. It's a new year, and with new year comes new resolutions. And what's going to help you complete the resolutions that you set forward for yourself this year? Inspiration. And we have just the company for you that's focused around inspiration. Head on over to staythirstyco.com and put in the code HAVOC to get 15% off on your next order. And make sure you take a look over at the Winter 2022 Collection. That's staythirstyco.com. Drop the O-Y and focus on you. We're back now with the top five sports moments in New York history. Well, I shouldn't say history from 1980 to current. Um, so here we go. Number five, Johan's No-No. I know Jack mentioned it at six, and I was like, I should throw it in there now. But I'm like, ah, we're going to go to break. Don't worry about it. Johan's No-No as a Met fan. I remember where I was. I remember who I was dating. I remember everything about that day. I remember I was in the Smith Haven Mall, and it was the fifth inning, and my dad texted me and said, you got to get back. He called me. He said, you got to get home. And 2010. I said, and I said, yeah. Uh, it was, I, thought it was, I think it's 12. Isn't it? I was dating Kelly. So. I wasn't going to say her no, name whatever, on the air. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying last names. And we were at the Smith Haven Mall, and he said, you got to get home. And I said, what? He goes, you're watching the Mets. You got to get home. I said, okay. I dr- jumped in my car. New driver. I'm like, let's go home. Got home in like the seventh inning, bottom of the seventh, and I watched it, and I was like, "This is incredible." My dad, like, you would think that was the World Series, like, you would, right? You would think that was the World Series, like, it was like the World Series. He was like, "I've been waiting forever." I we had Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, uh, um, Gooden, all these pitchers throughout the history of the Mets, you know, uh, Pedro, and it never happened, and to finally happen, and you would even think now, like with Degrom and all them. And it was a combined no hitter from yes, me. but also pitch counts are a bigger deal now than they've ever 100%. been. One hundred percent. Is the no hitter worth it if Scherzer misses the fucking playoffs, dude? No, but I'm still no. saying he's not even close. It's not like he's threatening it. If he's it's threatening a, a no hitter in the eighth inning and he's nearing a hundred pitches, I'm not leaving him. No, in. no, if he's nearing a hundred, sure. If he's nearing ninety, I'm not leaving no, him no, in, no, no, dude. No, if he's nearing there. eighty, I'm probably taking him out. No, no, Scherzer's especially there. when you have uh, Edwin right now. Here, when you have a when you have the Scherzer best closer goes, in baseball, what Scherzer are we doing? Scherzer goes consistently one one oh five to me. Here's the thing, the, like when you look at no hitters for the most part, Nolan Ryan's got Eight, seven seven so no hitters. So how many World Series rings does he have? I don't know. Barry Bonds, the all time leader in home runs. How many World Series rings does he have? That's not his doing though, dude. Uh, Ricky Henderson, the all time uh, stolen base leader. He has a couple World Series rings. But I'm just saying, yeah. for the most part, you look at these individual accomplishments, and they mean nothing. Aaron Judge had the most home runs as a rookie. Where did it get him? Mark McGuire broke the single-season home run record. Where did it get him? You understand what I'm I saying? I don't know if I'm right about this one. Kobe, 
Did they win that game? Yes. The 81 point game? Yeah. 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 They win that game, right? But so it's not Kobe. But there's um yeah, oh Booker, 60 points. They lose the fucking game. I do not 70. care. I do not I do not 70. care. Great, 70. You lost. Who gives a fuck? Here's the thing. I don't I don't have like everything that's on my list, I think, if I'm not mistaken, has something to do with like a playoff scenario. Or, you know, in, I mean, in, in, in like a that championship. That was it for me. That was the last one that's not. I and think. and I Oh no. I have oh. I only have one playoff two playoff scenarios like, going Pat, forward. The Knicks drafting Patrick Ewing led to like 10, 11 consecutive years of the playoffs. Of, of uh, happiness. You know what I'm saying? Like everything I have on my list has something to do with winning because I think as New Yorkers, at least in, from my opinion, yeah, the most important thing is winning. Like, yes, it's nice that 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 Pete Alonso has the rookie record for home runs, but where did we go that year? You know what I, I mean? Agree. Like, I agree. Like I care about championships. Like the Giants have win championships. Like Eli, yes, he doesn't have the best stats, whatever. He's got two rings on his finger. You know what I'm saying? Jeff Hostel. At the end of the day, to yeah. say, well, he was a good pitcher, wasn't he? And it means shit. How right. many rings do you have? Right. Exactly. It's hey, he brought us a, a World Series ring. Plus, if you do it in or at least at least if you get there, like 2015, they got there. They got no offensive support most of that year, though. Like, like, yeah. like, oh, they like they got there. They did. They they made it to the game. My biggest gripe. They pitched that game, a fucking shutout, and they got no offensive my, my support and lost one nothing. They played, you know, like, they played no defense at all. And when it was over, everyone was like, "Well, that was just a that was just a tip of the iceberg. They'll be back every year." They have such a great young in the twenty fifteen team, yeah. Yeah. and they and I was like, and I said when they were like when they were facing elimination, I'm like, everyone's like, it's okay, they'll get. I'm like, they're never getting back. No, this team never this, gets as back. constructed. They never shouldn't gets have back. been there because they, they shouldn't, shouldn't have been there. The they were a horrible defensive team, which they got means a right lot time. in the playoffs, dude. Yeah. Dude is throwing the ball all over the fucking place, like yeah, that I forgot. Duda was fucking that shit matters. Playing like with some some the hot team, like said, fucking the potato out there with the ball. Plays defense and doesn't strike out. Wins they 10 all, times out they of 10. all except for a few players on that team. They all got hot. Like Jonas Cespedes got hot the right. Dude, time. Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy got stop. hot at the right time. Daniel like, Murphy found Christ. It's like talking basketball. Like, it's like talking basketball. I always will take the team that plays defense, yeah. like in the playoffs. 100%. I will Celtics over the Nets. Give me the Celtics every time last they, year over they the Nets. Broke their because, souls. You know. Number five. Number five. Also shoddy on this, but a big old New York W. Uh, World Series after nine eleven. The World Series after is that? Y- yeah, the Yankees. That's lost. Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees, Yankees lost, lost but like, yeah, but it's you know okay. big W. It's a great, American great World culture. Series. Great World Series. That was yeah. like the one Yankees two get there, give the give the city some hope. That's yeah. the one-two combination of uh, Johnson and Schilling. Johnson and Schilling, yeah. Luis Gonzalez with the walk-off off Mariano. Remember Luis? Yeah. yeah. That was a tough World Series. I was like rooting for the Yankees at that point. You know, I'm not a Yankee hater. Why though? I didn't care about it. 9-11, dude. Let's go to New York. Well, that's why it was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 9-11 brought New York together like nothing else. And then, and then, and then what? You just, you just, it's I'm, been like, slowly... Yeah, it's been <laughs> fracturing ever since, dude. Like, everybody in this room, all my fandom is based in New York. So, yeah. if the Giants aren't in, the Jets are in, I'm rooting for the Jets. If the if the Knicks aren't in it, I feel like that, in, I'm going to root for the Nets because, like, no. fuck it, Brooklyn. No, fuck go. the Nets, no. dude. No, I, you know, you know what? Because I will root for the the like the like the Mets, Jets. The, the Yankees in it. I'm rooting for the Yankees because like my family's Yankee fans. I have friends that are, you know, that's my thing. I'm one of those people. I'm, like, if I'm not happy, up? you're not happy. Like, yeah. like if I can't be happy, I don't want to see no, you see, happy. Like, I'm, I'm the other one. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. It's if older, the Jets, if the Jets are playing in a conference title game and the Giants have never made the playoffs that year, you would want that for me. You're I don't the believe only that. Team you that would I'd want that for me. I would dude. never want to see the Yankees win if the, if it's. 
Unless it's Yankees Braves. If you're giving me, if you're putting a gun to both sides of my temple, I'll choose the Yankees. But other than that, because like that's why I had to root for those '90s Yankees. Because like fuck the Braves. Like the Braves play in my division. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, fuck, fuck the, the Braves. Braves. We were Bobby we were Cox, talking so. hypotheticals like months ago because this came up on sports radio. On I think it was the fan on local sports radio mm-hmm. talking about. I forget the guy's name. He's one of the big New York personalities. Big Jet fan. I forget who it was. But they were talking Evan, about Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. Think, yeah, it was Roberts. What would you spend if the Jets were in the Super Bowl, right? And I forgot the number he said per ticket. It was something crazy. I think it was like. Or was it Beningo? Because Beningo. No, no. Whoever has the son named Jet, it's Evan Roberts. Oh, that's Evan Roberts. Yeah. Because it was like you, your dad, and Jet. Three tickets. He said he would spend up to ten grand per guy to go. He said he would spend thirty grand to go. So me and Emily were talking about it, and I was like, just for myself, everything. If I had the money, like I'm not going to put myself in debt for it. But if I had it. I would probably go just at the 10 grand and her jaw dropped. And I was like, babe, the Jets, like if the Jets are in the Super Bowl and I had it, yes. I'm like, this will never happen again. <laughs> you don't understand. It'll never happen again. This like, this is the moment. I, 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 I truly believed in 2010, 2011 that it was, this was it. It was all or nothing because you look at the way that team was built, bunch of old guys, not a lot of money, not a lot of ways to get better. They, was, they were win or bust in 2011. Because that entire defense was loaded with guys like that, that were getting older. David Harris, Bart Scott, Calvin Pace, Sean Ellis, God bless his soul, was like 33 at that point. On offense, LaDainian Tomlinson was on his way out. Thomas Jones was on his way out. Sean Green was young, but whatever. Keller destroyed his knee. Santonio Holmes was older. Braylon Edwards was older. Jericho Koshry was older. Emily, this is what we've been looking forward to every single week for years. Every single Sunday for years. I go over to Alicino's and I watch football for this moment. The Jets yeah. getting there. Yeah. And I'm not going to take advantage of it. If I had it, I'd, I'd drop it, it without thinking about it. Number so five, I'm up for number five. I'm up for number five. I mean, Do you still have something to say? Yeah. Before we get off the happy for another person's team tangent, I used to be like that. Like when the, when the Giants were winning the Super Bowls, right? I was like, good, you know, good for them, right? But the more I've grown up and the Giants fans that are my age now talking all this hot shit about Saquon and this, that, and the other thing. Dude hasn't played a full season in how long? Ever. This rookie year. Rookie year. Talking all this shit all right, about- So this is because Giants fans that are your age were four, five, six years old when they saw their first one and um, oh, anywhere yeah, from man. eight to 12 when they saw their second one. So when you're young, when your youth is littered with wins, you don't understand the adversity. Like yeah, the well. Giants weren't that great growing, going into that 2007. Like 2000, they were good. Got their fucking they, shit kicked from, in. From 1990 to 2007, they did not win nothing. Yeah, they were not nothing. good. Nothing. It was rough. Dave Brown, Kent Graham, come on. But the yeah. thing is, they're insufferable. They're insufferable. That's what I'm they, saying they, because they, early oh. spoils breed insufferability. Listen, look at it's like when you look at these Patriots fans that are around your age or between your age and our age, they've yeah, seen fucking. On a fucking how about, they've how about, seen how many titles across the Pats, the, the, the Pats, the fucking Bruins, the Red Sox, and the and um. Yeah, they're like. Why, penguins, why am I missing out on there? Penguins. No, no, Penguins is Pittsburgh. What am I missing? What team am I missing? What Red Sox, sport? the Patriots, and who else? Bruins, Bruins, I said. Celtics. Celtics, right. Celtics only got them one in that yeah, span, but, but it's like competing. nine rings they've gotten. Yeah, before age twelve. Like, well, look at look at like my age bracket with the Yankees. Like they fucking like high and mighty, high and mighty is what it is. Yeah, well, number five. All right, so my number five, New York City. What what would you say New York City is a what city? 
What sport? It's a. It's a. I think it's a basketball town. No, it's a, it's a I'm baseball go- town. Basketball was the. As far as production, what do we produce in New York? At the at the pro oh, basketball players, yeah. And what what type of basketball players does New York City produce? Like point guards. Point guards. We're famous for producing point guards, right? Yeah, so, let's go back to March tenth, two thousand eleven, Big East tournament. Kemba Walker with the nastiest crossover in the history of the Big East tournament for the go-ahead basket, game-winning basket in the quarterfinal. They go on to win the tournament. They go on to win an NCAA title. Kemba gets drafted ninth overall to the then Charlotte Bobcats. New York City point guard, born and bred. Hits that very famous moment. We're still talking about that moment. It's one of the best moments in college basketball postseason. Kids still yell Kemba. Uh, and really? happened, obviously, in the garden. He's a New York kid, went to UConn. Like, okay. Kemba's one of New York City's favorite sons, I feel like, over the last 10 years. Real- realistically, like, the step-back shot, we see it all the time now. Like, that. that's... Plant foot. The crossover that Kemba hit this man with, you do not see all that. the time, dude. But I'm saying the step back, too. The step back isn't something you saw all the time back then, either. Not back then, no. Yeah, Kemba's was a hop back. Dude. Exactly. That's I don't, what I'm I don't hate this pick too high. That's fine. That's fine. I, 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 don't, I don't hate the pick. I just think it's too high. I, I, I it was one of the first New York iconic New York sports moments that I could think of a, when I was a, thinking to do not this a, list. Not a bad choice, but it's Connecticut, and yes, it's part of the tri-state area. But well, it's it yeah, but it's it, it happened in the garden, and Kemba's I'm not a New saying Yorker. it's a reach. I'm thinking it's too high. If, yeah, I, I if Kemba was a Johnny, does it belong there? Yeah, bro. I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't belong on the list. Because for me, it's I'm about Kemba, not about UConn. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't belong on the list. I'm saying it's too high on the list. It's That's, fine. What do you got? Five. Let's hear it. Number five. Jacob Degrom. 2015 NLDS Game Five. This guy. That was the the game one was the start of the legend. Game Game two was the cementing the legend of Jacob Degrom coming out and gutting out a six inning performance in and out of trouble. Daniel Murphy hits the big home run. We win the game. But Jacob DeGrom in that game, like, that's when I realized we have something special with this guy. 2015 game. Wow. NL, NLDS. In a game where he wasn't great. It's, it's, it's a forgotten, it's a forgotten classic of a baseball game, a classic baseball game. In my opinion, will go down in the last 10 years as one of the top five playoff games in all baseball. Because I'm partial, I'm a Mets fan. But that game, I, you know, he pitched better in the game one. But this game, he just, like, he got us through it. Like, you, he... Did what he had to do to get us through that game to win that game, and I think that's crucial in the history yeah. of the Mets. I don't hate it. I'm still today, right now, as we sit here right now. I still think Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher on planet Earth. That's just how I feel. So I don't hate it. I don't hate, I it. Don't until, hate it until somebody blows him up. I'm right. That's the way I see it. Me and my dad argue about it all the time. Until somebody blows Degrom up. He gives up four runs in the first inning. The only argument you can make against him is that he's got durability issues. Just over the last year. Year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, year and a half. But before that, I mean, what guys can't get injured? Until he gets blown up. Even when before pre-injury, he did he never he just never got blown up. He's the he's the second best pitcher in the history of the franchise. If you're going Dwight one or no, Seaver one. Seaver okay. one. And Dwight's not even I think Dwight's four. I think it's Seaver DeGrom Kuzman. Do you think Dwight's more, more remembered as a Met or a Yankee? A Met. A Met, Met for sure, right? A Met, 100%. but 
it's always what could have been. Doc Doc had arguably one of the top three most dominant years in the history of the Pistons. Wasn't that his rookie year? 1985, second year. Second year in the league. He won the rookie of the year in 84, 85, 24, and I think it's 24 and 3 or 24 and 4 with like a one, like a it, one something. Here's how I see it. If every single time that DeGrom pitches, they put up a statistic on the fucking screen and it's like DeGrom, Gooden, Gooden, DeGrom. Seaver, Gooden, Degrom, like, like you're in rarefied air. Like he's until he's someone blows him up, and 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 says we got we figured him out. Nobody's ever gonna figure him out. That's so he's if he special. stays healthy, he's, he's if he stays healthy this year, no, the he's only not thing that's losing gonna, games. The only thing that's gonna happen is like eventually you get older, you lose some gas on the ball, but that's not no, every, that happens to everybody. Like, so let me, I pick this as number five. You don't think of that as a as an important game in the I do hundred percent. Because it's game five. Like they I just game ha- I just have five moments that are more important than that, in my opinion. In my just my No, my no I'm just saying as a as a as a Mets fan, that's tremendously important. Yeah. I think I think because like people don't think about that game, I feel like. I feel like that game was so important because we lose that game, we're out of the playoffs. That team does not go back so, to the playoffs the next year. At some point you think you're that guy, and then at some point you become that guy. And then you become what Degrom is now to me, at least, is he's above it all. Not, I'm not saying I'm not saying I worship the ground he walks on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in his mind, he takes the mound, and I truly believe every time he takes the mound, he thinks he's a god. And whether that's good or bad, the both of them, him and Scherzer, both they take him. the mound every week, and they're like, "We're going to win this." We're game. not starting pitchers on the Mets. We're gods, and you're just you're just here. Like you guys are all just here. And the and and we talked about this the other day. Not with you. I talked about this at work and. I was saying the thing about Scherzer is Scherzer has four outrageous pitches, plus pitches, four very good pitches, and he's smart. DeGrom has two pitches. He has a fastball and a slider, and he has the best fastball in baseball and the best slider in baseball, and that's the problem. So Scherzer and him are two different animals. Scherzer throws a curveball. Scherzer and him were talking in spring training. Scherzer's got some wild stuff, dude. And and Scherzer was saying in spring training to DeGrom, why don't you ever throw a curveball just to get me over curveball to start an at-bat? Make him think about it. DeGrom's like, hey, I never thought about that. DeGrom's fastball's too fast. It speeds up. He hides the ball well the whole nine. But the thing that he does that nobody else in the world does is throw a slider as fast as he does. If you if you look at, if you match them up, Scherzer receiver and DeGrom is good. Yeah, that's what because De- I mean, Gooden was a flamethrower. Gooden mm-hmm. had two pitches. He had a, a curveball that you were never going to hit, and he had a fastball that was 98, 99 miles an hour. But the problem with Degrom is, and this is why I say he's unhittable if he's healthy, is because when he throws a slider, he throws it as fast as people's fastballs. So you are seeing it come in. You can't pick up. The, you're not picking up the spin as well as you think you should because it's ninety eight. Well, also, too, what did what did Bartolo Colon teach us? Bartolo Colon taught us that you could only throw two pitches, but if you could place the ball wherever the fuck you wanted it, well, you could pitch see, forever. That's Greg Maddox. But yes, but he because he doesn't know. Old Cologne, baby Cologne, young Cologne was an absolute flame flamethrower. Right, but learned, one, once he lost the speed, yeah, yeah, the only yeah. reason he pitched yeah, into he, he was into his forties, wasn't he? Wait, he or approaching he, forty. Yeah, he, he did what most pitchers like. Most pitchers. They lose their fastball. They don't know what to do. Cologne said, "I have to if I want to keep pitching and I want to keep making so money. I have to figure." He this threw out. a fastball on a changeup. Major up, right? league pitchers that no, come up threw, early. He threw like junk too. Yeah, major league pitchers that come up early throw and then they pitch. Yeah. On the way up to their career, they throw, and on the way down, they learn to pitch. Unless you're Greg Maddox, then you just unless pitch. you're Greg Maddox or you're uh, even Scherzer. Scherzer's always known how to pitch. pitch. But anyway, number four. four. 
I labeled this one. This is pretty cute the way I labeled this. Ready? <clears throat> you gotta. You guys gotta help me with the dates though. Okay. Beckham becomes a star. No. Twenty fourteen. No. Come on, bro. The one handed catch. Mm-hmm. I don't know the date. We'll get there. It's twenty fourteen. November. It's November. November. I, yeah, because I remember it was it was Dallas. My family celebrates. My family in Brooklyn celebrates Thanksgiving the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and my brother left early to go to the game. That's the only oh, that's reason why I know. Love that. So it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, and my brother called me and he's like, "Are you fucking watching this fucking game?" Like that's what that was the phone call, and I'm like, "We were in the car and I heard it on the radio, so I heard it on the radio. I didn't see it, but like, you don't think that was four? Yeah, for me, honorable mention, top maybe ten. No, no, no. <sighs> it was a star making moment. What do you think? He, I mean, it was a big moment. We'll talk about it later. He it was a big seat. I feel this way on a lot of the things that are on my list that you guys have said. Well, I haven't. If he was still a giant, would you feel different? No. But if he wasn't a head we're, case, would again, you feel different? Yeah, it would be three. This is what I'm saying because like, we're looking at it through the gl- through the lens of the pissing on the fucking kicking net and the antics and him. No, I don't no, want to no, drink no, water. I'm looking at it from the lens of where what what has Odell Beckham ever won? Yes, he won with the Rams this year, but what did he win as a giant? Stardom, nothing, nothing exactly. No, nothing exactly. That's why he doesn't make the list. The Giants have a hundred moments better than that. A hundred. See, now you're you're, you see because he's skewing the he's skewing the thing, he's skewing the list. Now it's fine, it's okay. In your opinion, you're I'm you're going by moment, right? So when I think of a moment, it's like, what did what made me feel? But and when I saw that play, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen ever. I'm just outside outside of Eli jerseys. Right. There was a point where all you saw were Amani Toomer jerseys. Then there was a point where all you saw, oh, you saw were, were, Then there was a point where all you saw offense. was shocky jerseys. Oh, yeah, right? offensively. Yeah, okay. offensively. Okay. You'd see Eli jerseys, you'd see Amani Toomer jerseys. jerseys too. you'd, you'd see Amani. a little bit of tiki. You'd see shocky. A lot of people always had shocky. That fucking moment happens. That season happens. Every Giants fan on the sun. They dude. couldn't print enough couldn't thirteen print blue enough. fucking jerseys, dude. Listen, I understand it may be a little high. It may be, but for the for, for the sheer moment against the Cowboys, he makes that catch. Gets pi twice, and then and then uh, who was it? It was um, Collinsworth, right? Made the call. That would have been Sunday Night Football. That's if the it greatest was catch I've ever seen. The way he called that play. Where'd they do that year in the playoffs? Lost in the first they round. The first round. They didn't make the playoffs that year. That wasn't the year they lost in the first round. They didn't make the playoffs that year. I thought that was Even the last better. year. They didn't yeah. make the playoffs that year. Doesn't matter. He became the it's guy. Because they couldn't stop a fucking leaky you faucet. Know what he could have been in New York. Could have, should have, would have. Like. Yeah. Guess what? Keyshawn could have been the same thing in New was York. I he ever, still wanted to was leave. Was I ever a big Odell guy? Ever? You know me since the Giants. Outside of fantasy, no. Outside of fantasy, no. Okay, listen. Number four. Number four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hate, but I have to. You don't I have, have to, to hate. I mean, I have to. Number four. It's not you. the giant way. It isn't the giant. It's oh, not the way we. Fuck. It's not the way we do things here. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Number four, Lake Placid. Um, well, right. we already kind of talked about it, but uh, I figure since we're not all super big in hockey, I went and I did a little uh, research, and uh, first little fun fact here. Lake Placid is the big, like the first major event that Al Michaels ever called in his career. 
So a little little fun fact there. I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, I think I think Al Michaels called one of the Ali fights, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I didn't. That just missed it. Seventy one. Yeah, it wouldn't I mean, even. Seventy one was Madison Square Garden. Oh, you're saying from the, in the eighties? In the eighties, because oh. that's where that's our time zone. But um, oh, I'm just saying he's not the first big event he ever called. Fair, was... fair enough. Just little little fun fact there. And uh, I'll fill you in on one of the players who was part of Team USA. His name is Neil Broden. He played uh, one season like in minor hockey, and then went to the NHL and played a thousand and ninety nine games. Uh, over 17 seasons and played almost a thousand of them with the North Stars slash Dallas Stars. Look up the goalie for the Olympic team. Jim, uh, I can't think of his little Irish guy, real Mick. No, not Jim, but close. Name wasn't Jim? No. I'm not, I'm, I'm just looking. Is it? What I wanted to say while he's looking it up, could you imagine being like Mike Arizona or one of these guys, like you're America's hero, and then six months later you're like selling insurance? No, well, that's, like, that's how the Olympics, that's how the yeah, Olympics work. I mean, that's like Michael Phelps, like, you know, Olympic athletes, you know, they, like Kurt Angle, he's like, well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a gold medalist, but where am I getting my money from? Vince, Vincent Kennedy. No, I mean, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Here's what I'll tell you about that moment. There's a... Uh, counselor in my school who has the poster of the gold in his office and he's like a big hockey guy like a new york hockey guy so like that's his that's and he wasn't even born at that point but that's his like moment like hangs in his office every day yeah so i have this uh i have this goalie here jim craig yeah jim craig fuck you it was jim oh, that's not a, oh, that's the not irish a, guy who wore the the, the plastic hockey mask he wore the plastic casey jones mask i'm yeah. trying to find out there's a guy there is a guy. There's a guy who went from this Olympic team, got signed to the Islanders, and won three straight Stanley Cups. Yeah, wait, hold on, I'll pull right off right. that, right off rips. He was like, "Ah, oh, I'm an Olympic champion." Tomorrow. Now I'm. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now I'm. Now was he I'm, also a goalie? No. 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 Right. Now I'm a three-time champion. Like, so let me let me finish up on Neil Broden here because two-time All Star, almost a thousand career points, just missed. He's the first American player to ever record 100 points in a season. He won a Stanley Cup as a member of the Devils. He won the NCAA championship in 79. And he also won an Olympic gold medal, making him the first American player ever, or, well, the first player in the history of the sport to win a championship at the collegiate level, the professional level, and the Olympic level. And they have, the Dallas Stars have retired as number, number seven. Isn't that Mello too for basketball? Did Syracuse win one with Mello? Yes. So he's one of the he's he's done all three. T- oh no, he's never won an NBA title. Never won an NBA title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's an Oli- all Olympic champ. He's never though. done the easy one. Europe. <laughs> My number four. We talked about it already. It's September twenty first, two thousand one. The post nine eleven Mets game. The Piazza home run. Great moment for New York. Ten games after nine eleven. Ten days after nine eleven. First major event in the city. The, like, you know, we're, we're not backing down. We're not afraid of you. We're not shutting our shit down. But one thing you guys haven't spoken about, which is why it made my list and why it gets so high on my list. You remember the first pitch of that game? No, uh, Bush, Pre- right? President Bush. W yeah. comes out and throws an absolute yeah. fucking piss missile right down the dick, dude. He owned a fucking like, baseball team. He better be able to throw the yeah, ball. So be that's, that's an all, like, first ballot Hall of Fame first pitch, dude. 
given the circumstance. How many first pitches people come out and it, they given want the circumstances? No fifty cents. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand it given the circumstances. Well, no, given the circumstances, he, makes, there and he wasn't like this is a fucking nine eleven game. I got no, but you have to understand. It's a big it's, moment. It's important because I think the last president to throw out a first pitch was Reagan. So it'd been, I think there's three presidents in between, or two or three presidents in between that didn't throw the first pitch before George W. Bush. So it was, it was very important. Because he also threw out the first pitch in the in the Yankee game, too. So it was a big deal. Nobody cares about that game. No. No. Well. No. <laughs> Just saying. Number four, Whitey. Number four. So this moment I have led to the Giants winning a Super Bowl. It's the, East, the, Nash, uh, the NFC championship game. New York Giants, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Giants are down in that game. Uh, Joe Montana is slicing and dicing us. Leonard Marshall comes around the corner and not only puts Joe Montana out of that game, puts him out of the game for two years. He broke his ribs. He had a bruised sternum, cracked ribs, and a broken hand after this hit. Changed the entire complexion of that game. Giants win that game, I think, 13-12? No, 13. No, sorry, 15-13. They won on five field goals because Jeff Hostello was the quarterback. Just if you watch the hit, it's one of the best hits in the history of the NFL. He annihilates Joe Montana. And I remember a little, little seven-year-old Whitey jumping up and down like they just killed the best quarterback in the game. Let's go. How about a bruiser? Led, led them to, which that play, in my opinion, led them to that Super Bowl where they beat the Bills. And that play would have been a 15-yard penalty now. No, it was a clean. Watch, watch it. It's a yeah. one of the cleanest, best hits you'll ever see. Yeah, but even if it's clean nowadays, if you land on top of them with the full force of your body, it's a fifteen yarder still. Even if it's clean, mm, if you know. bounce off the quarterback like that these days, well, they yeah. still throw on the flag. Yeah, but Whatever. it's the definitely clean hit in my book. I don't hate it. Yeah, I, don't hate it. I love that. Here's the problem. I don't hate it. Here's the problem. That's the quarterback's fault. That's his fault if he gets landed on top of like that. No, this was like uh, this is like I disagree, I but because Leonard Marshall, like if you watch the play, Leonard Marshall comes around the, the edge, gets blocked out, slips, gets back up. Montana takes two steps up in the pocket, and it's just like boom, face and chest fumble. I think Lawrence Taylor picks up the fumble. Giants go down, kick a field goal, and then win 15, 15 13. Because I think Montana at that point was like eighteen for twenty six, like just slicing and dicing our secondary. And we held Jerry Rice in check that game. Did not score a touchdown. Which is very nearly impossible yeah. to at that point. Yeah. Because I don't, we, I, Niners go in and beat, whoever win, gets in that, wins that game, goes and wins the Super Bowl. Niners were going to destroy the Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Giant, the Bills and the Giants were more even. The Bills were actually a better team than the Giants. They had like Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, Jim Kelly. It was like a dirty, dirty yeah, team. Yeah, but they couldn't win, so. Famous for not getting it done. <laughs> exactly. The well, they also they also ran into the Cowboys toward that really good Cowboys team, but their 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 kryptonite was the NFC East. They just lost to everybody in the NFC. East. They lost to the Giants, the Redskins, and then the Cowboys twice. One last little question That's here: right. When when was was it Doug Flutie was the guy who played the Canadian Football League and then played for the Bills for a little bit, or am I thinking of a different no, quarterback? Doug yeah. What was he playing? Can you, can I get a time frame? That was like. Like the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. Late 80s, 80s late, late 90s. Like the thing about Flutie is he was five foot ten. That and we're talking about an era where if you weren't six foot four, we were already writing you off. You're not even getting a shot at first team reps if you're different not game, different, game, different right? game. You needed to be able to see over the line of scrimmage. There's none of this running around and yeah. throwing, you know, throwing the ball off schedule shit. 
That's Still to this day, we talk about it on Polyville all the time. Kyler Murray is banged up every fucking winter. Russell Wilson is as far, I mean, we'll see with Denver. We'll, but we'll talk about that when we get there. To as Murray. as it goes on with Russell Wilson. You have a moment with Kyler Murray. Apparently, Kyler Murray's production drops off whenever the new Call of Duty comes out. Oh yeah, that and came drops out worse when Double yeah. XP Weekend is out. <laughs> the man so, likes to play, but the, my point is that the small guys getting. The, I think we're gonna go start shifting away from that again because these guys get banged up way too easily. All right, so top three, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1986 Mets game six, Bill Buckner. I mean, we talked spoke that a little bit. It's fairly iconic. They go on to win the World Series. Um, has it had it not gone through his legs, that probably would have been the most disappointing. Um, right, like you said, they could have won 140 if they were sober. Like, yeah. and to not get it done, that would have been probably one he of makes the most that routine play, and the Mets are just an even more tortured fan base. It's weird though, like what he said. They put him in the game in that game. He didn't start that game. Well, Rod, Roger Clemens, the famous thing, but there's a bunch of famous things about that game. Keith Hernandez went down, was in the clubhouse. Now he he flew out, went down into the clubhouse, took his cleats off, took his jersey off, cracked a beer, lit a, lit a heater, and was sitting there freaking smoking and drinking, and the game's over. And Kevin Mitchell was down there playing cards, and they called Kevin Mitchell up and said, come up, you got a hit. And he got the base hit. Um, Roger Clemens, who his thing was he would grow out stubble for his games. And then that, he pitched that game, and then he went and into the locker room, shaved for the post-game interview. And was sitting with a towel around his neck, looking all prim and proper, ready for his fucking game six. I, I, I won the World Series for the Red Sox. Fuck that guy. But, like, there's a lot of <laughs> really? things about that game. Yeah, a lot of things about that game. There's a lot of things about that game. Huh. Did you watch the 30 for 30? I only, saw, I only watched the first. Uh... Oh, so good. I know a lot about that team. That's crazy. That's really interesting stuff. You ever see that play? The guy, the ball goes through his legs? Yeah. I've seen it once or twice. The funny thing is that that happened to Tim Tuffle game two, I want to say. Same thing. Same exact thing. Right through his legs. Game two. Same exact play. Playing second base. Just didn't, it just didn't cost him the fucking. Didn't cost him all. Yeah. Same, uh-huh. The exact same play. That's it's, crazy. It's amazing. Wow. That's three. Number three, Big Sexy hits his only home run 2015. That's egregiously terribly high. <laughs> that's too high. Terribly, terribly high. <laughs> I mean, f- such a funny moment. I, mean, I love like, it. Incredible. I love, I love it. the energy. but I mean, dude, his his nickname is Big Sexy. You know what I'm about. Kevin Nash is Big Sexy. No, nah, what did we call him? We didn't call him. We called him Chalupa. Because he looks like a big oh, little, a little chalupa. stuffed Chalupa, dude. I mean, it's a good moment. Not top ten. At least to Fernando Tatis. It's probably top ten in Padres history. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that on air? You didn't no. tell that story on air. Tell it on air. No, he did tell that story. On air. Not on air. Did I say? I don't yeah, think I it was on air. James Shields. See now it hit me. I didn't even look it up. It hit me. James, James Shields was struggling to live up to a contract with the Padres. He was so good with the Rays. So good. He gives up the home run to Bartolo Colon, and they'd seen enough. Two days, three days later, they have they ship him out. They trade him to the White Sox. For a player to be named later in the farm system, the White Sox, the player that they sent over, and the player to be named later, uh, later is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who, as of recording this, just got suspended for steroids. But before that, was probably what a top ten, top five, top five player, top five player yeah, in baseball. 
and he's made the, 20, made the Padres relevant. 23, 22. 22, yeah. So he was going to be around for the next, uh, you know, 15 years. When you started saying this before, I was I knew it wasn't going to be the case, but I, you think you hear these stories all the time, specifically from further back in the day. But I heard this. I remember hearing the story like a couple of months ago from back in the day where a pitcher was traded for a player to be named later. And then he gets to that team and he has like a fucking seven point something ERA in like five games. And he's like terrible. And he was the player to be named later. And he got sent back to the team that traded him. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I forget. Also, it was like back in the yeah, 50s or 60s ever or something. With, uh, with Teixeira? No. Teixeira brought Mike Trout to the Angels. Mm. He was the player to be named later, Mike Trout. Wow. He was, I should say, he was a player to be named later. They couldn't come up with a player to be named later, so they gave him the draft pick. Draft yeah. compensation. And that draft compensation was Mike Trout. Wow. Like, to bring Teixeira to the Yankees? To bring him to the Yankees from the Angels, right? No. Oh, from the Braves. From the Braves. Yeah, Braves and... Because uh, he went to the Angels after the Yankees, right? Oh, no, he started no. with the Angels? No, it was, it was Braves to Angels to Yankees. Okay. So, from the Braves to the Angels... The Angels wound up getting the pick that took Trout. And a pick, and they gave up two, I forgot who it was, two players that ended up not being anything at all. You know, whatever. That's number three. You're good on that? I'm great on that. All right. I'm up for number three. Going back a decade now, February 2012. The city of New York, the state of New York, Madison Square Garden, and the New York Knicks for a 24-game stretch in February of 2012 went completely insane. For a franchise that at this point had absolutely nothing going for it for the better part of 12 years, insanity was something that we desperately needed, right? I mean, the ticket prices went up from... You could get into the Garden for like 7 bucks. When the Laker game happens, February like 14th, 2012, the Laker game happens where he goes toe-to-toe with Kobe... Tickets to get into the garden are like up over a hundred bucks again overnight. All we could talk about was Jeremy Lin, Super Nintendo, Lin Sanity, um, <laughs> Linning, the Nick Just Lin Baby Lin, the story about how he s- literally was sleeping on fucking um, Landry Fields' couch because he couldn't afford to live anywhere before he wound up getting an apartment. Electrifying. And a team. In a city that loves basketball, that we all said the NBA is better for it when the Knicks are more exciting. For three weeks, there was a glimmer of hope with the New York Knicks. Not a glimmer of hope, but they were exciting. It was an underdog story. Everybody loves to see it. The fact of the matter is Jeremy Lin never had a left hand, and that was ultimately one of his biggest downfalls. But Didn't play no defense. Wound up, no, no. But no one played defense in 2012. Uh, I mean, he played less than no defense. Um, Let's put it that way. I think it's like March 10th or 16th, something like that. Um, D'Antoni was the coach at the time, right? Yes. D'Antoni retires, and that ultimately kind of fizzles out. That's Carmelo comes back. Stoudemire comes back. Yeah. When Sanity kind of fizzles out, they say they're going to sign him no matter what. And then Houston Houston puts that poison pill third year for $17.5 million. Yeah. Knicks let him go to Houston, and the rest is history. Yeah, but for – but for a fleeting moment, for a good month, that was, the right move. That was one of the most exciting months of Knicks basketball so in regular season that high. I could think of. Three is high, but here's what I'll say. Ten, maybe. Here's what I'll say. The Knicks did absolutely everything right. They 
sold the jersey sales. They raised the ticket prices. They bought into all the hype. They put all the signs, the billboards. They did everything. They got the crowd to come in on a losing season. And then they didn't sign them, which was the absolute right thing to do. From a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, the Knicks killed it. If the Rockets didn't put that poison pill in the third year and it was just $7 million a year, I think you have to match it. They would have matched yeah. it. And it would have been worth it. But the $17 million poison pill, 100%. The Knicks, honestly, the Knicks thing to do would have been to, to sign them. To a four for 70 would have been the real way to do it for the Knicks. But, you know, a little yeah, joke well, him Noah-esque. But anyway. I don't know. I have a hard time getting him on the list. I mean, I could see 10. I could see from your fandom well, standpoint. Can I have him at 10? What do I have? I'm, but, uh, like, the, the fact no, that he's... Adam, Adam at 11. A okay. little, little, uh, little uh, I don't know. Honorable mention. I have I have years of like Knicks winning to the to like pull Dude, down. I was a freshman in college at this point and we were delaying our nights no, I, to I watch we we would drink and yeah, watch the Knicks game. Cuz they had they you guys had nothing else, so I understand. Right. It. I understand it, but it's just like And uh, so also, I don't have a lot of great Knicks memories to pull from from our age group. And like uh, we'll get to it later, but yeah, I Lin Sanity was one of the more. Also, you got to remember, I'm a Jets fan too, so no, I have no I, Jets on this list. I get it, I get it. You know, no, I know. Number three, Whitey. Number three, I got the '94 Rangers. Um, Gross. I put it up higher because it was huge at that point. The Knicks were in the finals. The Rangers were in the uh, Stanley Cup finals, and and the OJ thing was going on all at the same time. It was wild summer. Yeah. Flintstones was coming out. We were all excited about that. Like, which is, you know, it's like we saw Jurassic Park and this is another dinosaur movie. Flintstones is going to be lit, guys. And then we go see the Flintstones. It's fucking terrible. Nah, great, dude. It's terrible, but it's, it's awesome. terrible, but it's, it's awesomely terrible. Yeah, it's awesomely terrible. Yeah. But it was just fucking like that. John, that John whole, Good. I remember right? that whole time period was like. John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Rick Moranis was yes. fuck, Barney. But that whole time period <laughs> was just like. You had you had the Knicks in the finals and the playoffs. You had the Rangers in the finals and the, the playoffs in the finals. And then you had the OJ. I, the cha- they stopped the Knicks game to show the fucking OJ. I NBA on TNT if you remember. And that's in the final. It was in the finals, like the NBA final. They're stopping the NBA finals because OJ Simpson is in a hype speed pursuit. I remember like <laughs> the commercials would come on and it's like coming to theaters to you, the Flintstones. And I'm like, it was just like a weird time period. But it was I like, thought about putting OJ's car chase on the list. dude. I really considered <laughs> they stopped it. The fucking and then final. what's also funny too, is like it, oh, one of those things over your head at the time. It's one of those little jokes they put in kids movies for adults. Well, I you're think like a year old, right? You're like a year old when that happens. Like 94. Yeah. I would have been a year old, but I'm saying in Shrek two. You were a year old. Yeah. Not even a year yet. Yeah. Probably if it was the NBA finals, I wasn't a year old yet. Because July. Um, in Shrek 2, it's one of those little jokes that they put over the heads of kids for the parents. The per- person's riding away on a white horse. And some, but one of the voices goes, uh, we got a white Bronco traveling southbound into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely over your head. Yeah. Number two? Uh, yeah, you did three? I did three, yep. Number two. Uh, the whole 9-11 baseball game. Uh, wow, that's gonna get high up on the list. Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna make get that high. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I put P. I put really put the Piazza moment, but it, it is the game in general and, and what and what happened. And see, uh, when we were talking about this the other day, you went to the Piazza home run, and what makes me what brings me back to the game is always the George W. first yeah. pitch. I think W. is the best president we've ever had. As, as a Mets fan, <laughs> as a, as a Mets fan, 
it's hard not to put that Piazza home run because like it meant so much for them in like the, the playoff standings. Of course, it was him. Yeah, it was Piazza who was our guy. You know, I mean, if they wind up losing that game one nothing, is are we talking about it right now? We're it's probably no. number ten for all of us, right? At best, like no, at best, yeah, like. But it was it was it was what it brought. It was what it was, you know. You know, you sit there, you're watching the guys. They got tears running down their faces. Yeah. Like it meant so much. They're all wearing the FDNY. Yeah, it meant so much to people in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. It was a sellout. All the survivors Shea, are there. Shea all Shea the people, all the Ground Zero workers that survived were all there. Like, so that, oh, it's important. It's and important. it was also, and I remember feeling this way as because nine eleven were seven, eight, eight years old during that. That's right? the only reason why it's not one is because I was eight. Yeah. But even being eight years old, I remember like that. Like that whole thing, that's like the it was a big fuck you to Osama bin Laden, to Saddam Hussein, to the terror, to anyone who wants to fucking challenge us again. We're right here, motherfucker. Come, bu- come, bomb Shea Stadium if you got so the balls. Like Ron was saying uh, from work that he was at the game that uh, he was at that game. No, he was at the game um, this weekend. Saddam Hussein that was killed. Oh, and he goes, it was literally like, yeah. Would have been that was Monday Night Raw. John Cena grabbed the microphone, was on cutting a promo, and he was like, "Oh, d- we j- we got Saddam." Like, you, you don't remember that? No, I remember that. Yeah. John Cena was either in the middle of the pro- yeah, ring yeah. or went out there, but he fucking announced on Monday Night Raw that we got Saddam. Which, like, as it happened, Nuts. yeah. Nuts. That's number two for me. Go ahead, Jack. Number two. Number two, Lynn Sanity. Wow. You gotta think about it like this. How about you, brother? I didn't have it on the top ten. Wow. It's going to be high up on the list, too, which is crazy. Here's the thing, right? It's high enough, yeah. Lynn Sanity, like, I witnessed the back half of Jeremy Lynn before he's out of the league. So, Lynn Sanity was, like, the start. And then he had that one sick game on Chinese New Year with the Rockets. He hit, like, <laughs> dude, he hit seven threes. He had, like, 37 points, seven threes, 12 assists. He had a crazy game. And it was, like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, like the thing you got to remember about like the Lynn Sanity thing, like obviously we know this. He's been in the league a couple of years at this point, bounced around a couple of teams, yeah. playing. I don't know if they had the G League or the D League at, at that point, playing in the D League, doing whatever. He had logged 55 minutes all season leading up to that first game he plays in February. Injuries, whatever. Uh, D'Antoni needed to spark the team's like 12 games below 500. Throw this kid out there. He has like 27, 7, and 5 in that first game. Yeah. And we're like, oh, they did look at the playoffs this. Though, right? No, I don't. This was 2012, 2013 yeah, season. I don't, I don't know no, they didn't make the playoffs th- that year. Um, the year before that was Stoudemire bro- smashed his hand. Um, so he has 27, 7, and 5, I think, something like that. Next game he comes out, he has over 20 points again, and everyone's like, oh, look at this. Then the third game is when he has the 36 points in the game winner against Kobe Bryant's Lakers. Like, Kobe was guarding this kid. No, I, I You know it. what I'm saying? Like, so, it like, all of a sudden, it, it was this thing where we were like, how far is this thing going to go? It's like one of those things where, like, when the Heat won 30 straight games, you know, and right. all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, we have something here. What? How long can we ride this wave? So it was a good gradual buildup, and then, you know, it was what it was. It was such a flash in the pan. If Lynn had stayed, I bet you we're not talking about it as much right now because we'd have more bitter memories. What bitter memory do you have of Jeremy Lynn? If we had signed him to that contract and he wound up being the ninth guy and never touching the court in 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 an end-of-the-game situation, we might be thinking about it differently. But he was only there for a half a year, and it was a special half a year in New York basketball. 
Well, and the other thing, the one clip I do remember, way after Linsanity, I think he's playing on the Lakers at this point. He uh, is like towards the end of Kobe's career. He waves off Kobe. It's like a game's tied. Waves off Kobe, hits a fadeaway three in this guy's mouth. I'm like, dude, Lin, he, he could be it. And also, not a big guy, 6'3", right? No, yeah, so not small, a big guy, 6'3". Small. Half a foot taller than me. Not a big guy in the NBA. Number Stop two it. for you? My number two, 18 wins and one giant loss, February 3rd, 2008. Jack, I feel like you were very disrespectful when you – where'd you put this Super Bowl win? The 2007 Giants Super Bowl win? Uh, eight. Okay, you have to understand something. This is the greatest football team of all time. The 2007-2008 New England Patriots is the greatest football team we have ever seen. Would you disagree with that? Better than the greatest show on turf. Better than all of those Cowboys teams. Those Cowboys. Statistically, it's not even fucking close. It's a different, so, different league, though. So what yeah, is, I know. And like who that, is that team? Is that Wes Welker? Is that what that is? It's fucking Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy, Randy Moss, Moss Deion Welker. Branch. Is Wes Welker on? No, Wes Welker's not on that no, team. No, I'm just saying. That's even if he was. was on the, on the, the team. Yeah. Like the That's Randy Moss, Deion Branch. Um, Falk still on that team at that oh, point? Corey Dillon. Like... Those 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 Broncos teams were very good, and those Niners teams were very good. So it's like hard for me to say, because I don't know if those Patriot teams beat like the full, the stacked Joe Montana, Jerry Rice Niners. Like when they're like Ronnie Lott. Like you think you think Randy Moss is gonna have any kind of a game against Ronnie Lott? Ronnie Lott will take his head off. Yeah, Ronnie Lott would annihilate Randy Moss. Yeah, but Corey Dillon could just fucking smash it down your throat. Like they didn't need Randy Moss, dude. Like. They that team nine, was so they good. Had nine AP All Pro, uh, All First Team pros: Tom Brady, Matt Light, Randy Moss, Asante Samuel, Mike Vrabel, Dan Copen. I don't know the center. Yeah. Um, yeah. Logan Mankins, Wes Welker, and Vince Wilfork. No, they were. I mean, I'm not saying they weren't. A, they, yeah. They, they, Vince Wilfork, Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruschi might have still been on that team, right? Teddy Bruschi was definitely on that can, team. Can I feel I like this? maybe top, not. Top three. Top three. Is that fair? That's fair. I think they're the greatest football team you, of you all time. You guys see those, 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 those Cowboy teams were so good. Those Niner teams were so good. And like the 98-99 Broncos were very, very good. The Randy Patriots. Moss, the, Dante Stallworth. Dante Stallworth, yes, who was amazing too. Very fast. I mean, he only ran just like Randy. He ran like two or three routes, but very fast. I think we're missing the point though here. That, that team went into. So here's my. They went into that game eighteen and zero. They're chasing the perfect nineteen and zero, which has only been done one time. The seventy two Dolphins, which I don't even think it was nineteen and zero at that point, but no, whatever. Undefeated. Like 16, 16 and 0, I think. Undefeated Super Bowl champions has ever only happened the seventy two Dolphins. They're chasing that. On the other end of the spectrum, the Giants squeeze in at nine and seven. They get a six seed. They go on the road to play the Eagles on the road to no, play. They played. They played the Tampa Bay Bucks in the first round. Yeah, no, Eagles was the cha- was the second round, right? No, the Cowboys were the second round, and then the, the Packers. There's the Bucks, the the Cowboys, the Packers. And maybe Gruden, they played the Gruden Eagles in the 2012. Was Gruden the Bucks run. at that point? Is that earlier? Way earlier? No, Gruden, no, that's um, Gruden was in the Blues at that point. Coach of the Bucks at that point. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, um, I know who you talk about, though. Anyway, but they, they beat the Bucks in the first round. Yeah. That point, was at the Tumor game. Point being, they back, a lot of people consider it a back into the playoffs, and they no, weren't. 
the lost, Giants. They lost to the Patriots in Week 17. Week 17. Right. They lose to the Patriots yeah. Week 17. They beat the Falcons Week the Wild Card. No, Falcons is 2012. Right? No, they beat the Bucks in the Wild Card. Why do I keep doing that? The Bucks in the Wild Card, the Cowboys in the in the divisional round, and then the, the Packers. The, the far, Brett Favre far Packers far. in Lambeau Field it's when not, it's zero right, degrees listen, outside. It's not Jack's fault because he's young, but Jack, I need you to, I need you to listen to this. And everybody, I'm going to give you the the final scores of that of that season, okay? And I've only went through a few weeks, but I'm gonna go, and we're just gonna go with it. Week one, they win 38-14. I don't have to say they win. The it's higher the, number is the Patriots. The Patriots, yeah. Okay. Two, 38-14. Week three, 38-7. Week four, 34-13. Week five, 34-17. Week six, 48-27. Week seven, 49-28. Week eight, 52-7. Week nine, they play an undefeated Colts team, and it's 24-20. That was a game. I remember that. that And it was the most watched game on TV that whole year besides the Super Bowl. Because it's Peyton and... uh, Peyton versus Brady. Yeah, yeah. Then they go, they get out of that. They have their bye, they get out of that, and they beat the Bills 56-10. Then they have it in the they versus the Eagles. They played a close game, 31-28. And then right back to just absolutely murking every team. 34-13. 28-13. 20-10, they beat the Jets in, in week 15. 28-7, week 16. And week 17, they beat the Giants, 38-35. I'm just curious, when they beat the – this is just my question. 20, was that the lowest? Yeah, 24-20 was the closest game. Right? No, I'm saying the lowest scoring the Patriots had, 20 to 10 Jets. I'm just asking. Uh, maybe. maybe. I'm not I'm not proving it. No. I'm just yeah. asking. And is that that's Jets lot like like that's good Jets defense? That's terrible Jets. Okay. 2007 Jets are not great. See right. now, if you correct me if I'm wrong, Brady left that game. The the last game of the season. Yeah. No. I watched that game. He played that whole game. So I'm gonna jump in here, White Bird, because two number nine number two is also the same game. Uh, well, that's same. Jump, you should have jumped in way earlier. Mm-hmm. No, I was letting him get his in. Well, let me just go a little bit further, because then after your two comes my one, and my one is this game. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, we're here. So that game, I remember because it was uh, Christmas break. It was 2007, 2008. So it was like 2007 was that game against the Patriots, the last game of the season. And I think the Giants and two other teams were tied going into that game. And, or no, maybe the Giants were ahead because I think they were in the playoffs by that game. Like they knew they were going to be the wild card. And they need, but they needed somebody else to, maybe it's one team they needed to lose. I don't remember. The, the game made. They either needed a win or somebody to lose. Right. So, yeah. and the, the, they, they lost because they were going in against the Patriots. And obviously. But that game was the game I was like, they're going to make a run in this play. Like, I had a feeling after that game, they're going to make a run in that play. Because that, that game propelled them to beat the Bucks, then to beat the, the Cowboys, and then to go into Lambeau and beat the great Brett Favre in Lambeau Field when it's fucking negative whatever outside. Yeah. So what I wanted to say was, I don't, I'm not positive exactly, but I know it's as far as a point spread is concerned, they're the second biggest Super Bowl underdogs of all time. I know they're considered the biggest Super Bowl underdog of all time, considering everything else. I believe it was 15 and a half points was the spread, or 16 points, well over two touchdowns. Do you know who number one is? The Jets were 17 and a half point underdogs to the Baltimore Colts. Patriots finished the season with 315 point differential, breaking the 1942 Bears record of 292. 
Oh, that's the thing. That 85 Bears team was a fucking phenomenal yeah, team. Yeah, that's true. They probably smacked Tom around a little bit. Yeah. That team, with they had Walter Payton and the Fridge and Mike Singletary. That team was a good, so good team. Going into this, so going into this game, the Giants did something nobody was able to do all year. They make 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 eight. Brady think about it. Hit him, hit him a lot. Hit him, him often. They didn't make think they sacked him. They sacked him five times in that game. I think. Yeah. That Tuck, was, OC, Strahan, that right? Was like the coming and out and Kiwi that. was Kiwi on no, that team? Not yet. Not yet? No. So who was their fourth like pass rusher? Um, that big fuck number seventy five. He's a big fuck. Not Chris Canty, right? No. no. So that that front four was the coming out party for Justin Tuck. Because I saw Justin Tuck at a Mets game that next season at the Mets game. And I remember I was like, Justin Tuck. And he turned to me and he went, Super Bowl champs. Just like that. <laughs> ah! Well, so him, him and OC would rotate on one end and, and Strahan was on the other end. And yeah. then they worked one more guy in. I just Jay can't, Alford. can't think of who it was. But Barry Cofield. That's the, the Strahan, you know, we get this stop, we win this game. Yeah. They got to Brady. To this Brady was like a machine at this point, like couldn't be stopped. He read the scores off. It was we never like something we've really never seen before offensively from a from a unit. By like halfway through this game, you can see Tom Brady throwing his throwing the ball with his eyes closed because he was anticipating talk in his face, OC in his face. I think they hit him like thirteen. They hit him so many and clean and yeah. beat the absolute shit out of him. So then here comes the Tyree catch, right? Multiple reasons why this play is a miracle. One, obviously, the catch being what it was. He went up over... Went up over... um, Yeah. He went up over, I believe, was it Asante Samuel to make the... Went up over Asante Samuel, gets one hand on it, pins it to the top of his helmet, comes down with the... uh, Everyone's seen the catch. And then Harrison. Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison, right, yeah. Samuel's in on that play, too, though. But but right, so... Eli takes the snap. Eli takes the snap, is immediately under pressure. Two guys have a combined three hands on him. Somehow, by the grace of God, gets out, looks, hucks it, and that catch happens a couple of plays later. From that that catch, nothing happened other than a first down conversion on that play, which, I'm, what's there, like a minute and 10 seconds like left at this point? Third and five. Third and five. It's third and five. After that, it's pretty routine. Plexico th- runs the fade route. They catch it in the back of the so, end zone. My point being, not too long after this game, that's a sack, dead ball. They blow that whistle 10 yeah, times yeah, out of 10. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, today they blow that whistle. Three years three years after that play, they would have blown that whistle. He had he was dead to rights. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. But that's, these are one of those things that make it such a great moment you'll never forget. I was at my buddy Vinny Fregal. Shout out Vinny Fregal. Still big, uh, you know, good friends with him. Grew up big time Giant fans, you know, and for us, this is our first Giant Super Bowl win that we see. He had just destroyed his femur, middle school wrestling, like twist, pop through the skin. And this is before he had his surgery. So he's just sitting there in like the soft cast. And every time he moved, he could feel the bone move. So he's like, we're celebrating. And then he's wincing in pain after. But I was pulling for it for him more than anybody. And because... I don't like even at that point. Not that I don't want to see the Giants win. I don't root for the Giants. Like fuck the Giants. Okay. Fuck Eli. Fuck all these guys. Fuck Tom Brady and Bill Belichick more than life itself, dude. Fuck any. When, uh, there's nothing in this world I hate Jack, more than Bill Belichick. Story, dude. When they're in the huddle in the final play, so they get into the huddle and Eli looks at Plaxico and goes, "If it's one on one, I'm going to you." 
fade in the end zone. I'm going to you. And he goes, okay. He threw that perfect. And Plaxo will go. Perfect. You ever hear Plaxo side of the thing? No. He goes, all right. So he goes, I'm, I'm hurting. Like, I, I know that my ankle's not good. He goes, I go to line up. I look down. I set my feet. And I'm looking down at my feet. And I look up to see the defense. And I see I'm one-on-one. And I go, I'm about to. Like, the game's, like, this is it. Like, this is my moment right here. This is the whole game is on the line right here. He goes, That's he, pressure like you can't he goes, he snaps it. I see the defender bite in the, you know, bite for the slant. And I'm like, I'm go- oh my God, I'm going to win the Super Bowl. And he goes, balls in the air. And he's like, the whole time it's in the air, I'm just like, for the love of, he's like, two hands. I'm thinking to myself, two hands. Eli said the ball was in for an hour in the air. Like, you know, as a fan, it felt like the ball. Right, like, right in the fucking breadbasket. And meanwhile, like, it looks like, like, it looks easy, right? The time. By, the time, the time. by the time the camera pans and Plexico's got like three and a half yards of separation with his hands out. Waiting for it. I'm thinking touchdown. But again, I'm not a Giants fan. Oh, so I'm I'm celebrating Let's before he fucking catches the ball, dude, because that's routine touchdown. You look at it now, you're like, that was money. And then you see like Plexico's like, after that game, I didn't walk for a couple days. Like I was... In so much pain, but I was like, it's yeah, not going to be no chance. Played that, that whole season, season on a fucked up ankle. Yeah, he just wouldn't go to practice. He would yeah, just chill. Yeah, he would here. You know, and not for nothing, I know we, we've, we've, we've discussed this, but not for nothing, he doesn't shoot himself. He's with the Giants for a little bit longer, and he just has like a decent career. He had a nice little season he with the had, Jets. No, they I were, know. They were, when he shot himself, they, I think they were 11-1 and one when he uh, shot that's himself. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He was like... They were like dominating the NFC. Like dominating. They were like really good, and he... And I think that, and that I think that season was Eli's best statistical season. Yeah, he was. They they were like firing on all cylinders. You know what I mean? And we were like, oh, this is the Eli we got. And then little that we know that it would sweatpants in the nightclub will get you ten times yeah, out of ten, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it is too. Like, I feel like just in general, it should be more recognized that Plaxico Rivera's is like a very good receiver. Like very like. You don't hear his name too much, dude. I don't hear his name too much. People he shot himself like, with the fucking leg, literally, dude. He. He had career year after career year. He had a thousand yard year with the Jets. With the fucking Jets. Well, the Jets didn't have much going for him. Ex- I know. Receiver wise. Nix was good for a year, too. Nix was good for a And people, don't forget about Pittsburgh Plex. Pittsburgh Plex was Ple- good, too. Didn't he want a Super Bowl with them, too, didn't he? Yes. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not you know. Him, Antoine Randall, yeah, like Heinz Ward. Him, Antoine Randall, and Heinz Ward, and Jerome Bettis, I and know, who was the skinny running back they had? I know you have two. Ward. I know you put this in two because you're you're a Jet fan. That's fine. I know you put this in two because I think I know what your one is. But for me, this has got. I mean, this has got to be one. Look, for you, you it's got to be one. For one, for me, it's not. For one, uh, you guys will hate it. I got that Odell catch because it's a generational oh, no. dude. It's a generational oh, thing. So mad. No, uh, 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 oh, you, I'm so mad. All oh, my feelings are hurt. Shut no, the you fuck up this list. You fucked it up. Fucked it up with the Odell back. I was born after 9-11. I don't fucking care. He's the best part. I'm going to be like my fucking toxic. This is worse. This is worse than Cherry Limeade, dude. You finally, you finally gotten worse than Cherry Limeade. Guess what, dude? People that are listening to this podcast are going to hear this top five that we come up with. We're going to lose subscribers over this. Oh, my God. You heard us today. Guess what? Guess what? When people ask me to throw them a I'm football... Embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to be a part of this. When kids my age ask me to throw them a football, I'd be like, yo, throw it over my head like I'm Odell. <sighs> it's a fucking... Does that mean, though? This is an what embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. I'm not even a fucking Giants fan. It's an embarrassment. Why is it one? 
Because it's a fucking I mean, generational. I, I guess generationally, oh, it is like the catch. Can I, can I have it's a, like, vote, a vote of like taking his list off the list because that's just that fucking. <laughs> Go for it, dude. Go for it. Uh, vote him out. It's upsetting. Vote him out. All right. You want to say anything about it, or you just that's it? You're I'm done. Generational. Jack, I still love you anyway. No, I we all still love him. You know, it's just this is why we have a youngin on the show. All right. All this entire time we've been talking about fandoms of all four of us in the room, right? Pretty much clean split across most of the teams. New York City is a fractured city. We have multiple teams in every major sport. Nobody agrees on anything. What's the one thing all four of us in this room agree on? The Knicks. The, the, the New York Knicks. Which New York City. The, the, Nets, the Nets could win 10 straight championships. Who would give a fuck? If you say Carmelo Anthony's number one. Carmelo comes home Jesus February 22nd, Christ, 2011. Dude. We get our guy for the first time since Ewing, a guy who wants to be here, an absolute superstar, shakes up, shakes up basketball because everybody agrees I'm on the Knicks. I'm going to give him a chance to do his monologue and, and convince me. It's because everybody agrees on the Knicks. If you want to fucking go with the, oh, you could just wait till free agency and then have signed him and kept all those. What did all those guys do on Denver anyway? Nothing. Most of those guys did nothing. They, they all fizzled out. Team. Wilson Chandler got a bunch of injuries and fizzled out. Mozgov was a, go a joke from the beginning. Ray Felton winds up coming back anyway, so what are you complaining about there? We got Billups, who's an up clear upgrade over Ray Felton. Yes, they didn't do anything with Gallinari. it. Gallinari? too. In eight, three ACL tears. That's what he gave you. Here's what I'm going to say. If this, if, this, if this moment of Carmelo Anthony coming to the Knicks is like that's what as a Knicks fan that's what you have to look forward like Lynn Sanity is what you have is like your fandom as a Nick like I thought it was bad being a Knicks fan today it got worse for me today this this list has made me being we, a Knicks fan like I'm more embarrassed to we, be a Knicks fan today than I've ever we been. play the coming home video that's that's that's, if, that's how I feel right now like listening to the way that this list has been chosen with like Lynn Sanity and and Carmelo coming to the Knicks. I had Carmelo coming to Knicks as my honorable mention. And the reason he didn't make the list is because of how I said everything on my list has to do with the Knicks making the play, like any team making the playoffs or playoff implications or winning a championship. I would have a top three list if it was about playoff implications and winning something, dude. I'm a fan of losers. I know, but it's just moments, like moments that are, moments that are fleeting in the present, but exist in time forever. My, my point if we play the coming home video right now, you're not going to have get goosebumps. You're going to look me in the face and tell me oh, if we no, play the coming out. home video right now, now, you don't I'm get goosebumps. I've stood next to you in Madison Square Garden when fucking they walk Melo out to the court at the start of the game and watched you fucking have tears start to form in oh, your eyes, bro. Carmelo God. Anthony is your favorite basketball player of all I time. Am, I am, I am. And amongst a decade of fucking bullshit and nonsense and old washed up guys, the T-Macs, the Starberries, the fucking you name it. All these old guys that we I'm keep overpaying. You, your favorite player comes to your hold favorite on, city, hold on, hold on. where he's from, <laughs> where he wanted to be a th bona fide thirty-point a game guy to team up with Stoudemire and give you one and a he half good he seasons. I get it. It's he was fine. Ready. It's fine. He was ready. I showed Valentina the coming home thing yesterday, so that was that's interesting. Uh, when I saw it live for the first time, I definitely cried. I was like, "This is outrageous," but. It did. I I, I I get it. I just don't get it at work. Can I, I can I can I have a little like two cents on this? Go ahead. So the night that we got Mellow, 
was a Wednesday night. What did I used to do every single Wednesday night? Poker. You know that your boy would go to poker every Wednesday night, and I would fight tooth and nail in the wintertime to have the Knicks game on. We all fucking know how bad the Knicks are on. But I used to... How many fights did I always see just to get the Mets game on? To get anything, like the Mets or the Knicks or whatever, I would fight. Like, cause, like, but if the Yankees are playing, it's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's on the kitchen TV. We got Vinny giving us mobile updates during so, a hand. I'm like, dude, I got bullets all in. I don't care the Yankees just hit a home run. So our boy Steve-O, shout out to Steve-O, Steve Arasite. Been a long time, pal. Anyways, Steve-O, and I made it a deal that if the Mets and the Yankees, it was in during baseball season, whichever team had the better record, that's what the game that would go on. I think in 10 years of playing poker, I think two years I had was had the opportunity to have the Mets game on. I was able to watch the game. And like with the Knicks, I remember going, I had a shit-eating grin on my face. I'm like, we got mellow. We're like legitimate again now. And then they're like, well, what do you think they're going to do? I'm like, oh, they're going to get trounced in the first round of the playoffs. Like just being a realistic Knicks fan. So that's why. And they exceeded your expectations then. The no, second. that year. They got trounced in the second. The next year. The next year. That year, though, I think they got, they got beat in the first round, didn't they? Yeah, by the Celtics, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they... The next year, they they beat the Celtics, and then they lost to the Pacers. Yeah. Yeah. So... He'll never forgive me. I dragged it to a game. So, I remember, we were working... I've forgiven you. I'll just never forget it, dude. But, like, again... I spent 70, 80% of my paycheck that I just got paid that week on the ticket to go to that game, dude. He was excited, though. He was like, don't let him... I know, I know, I know. He He makes like he was pulling his teeth out, like, you know. He's like, I remember he came to work, he's like, why am I going to the next game? And like we were, I was excited for them, and then they lost. <laughs> and then that next day at work, I not only like, did they lost, J.R. Smith got fucking. We, when did he get suspended in the Celtics? We were at the Celtics series, the game he got suspended in, right? He got suspended for one game. We were at the game he got suspended at, and then when he came back, he shot nineteen percent from the line, like fucking twenty-two percent from behind the arc, yeah. and like twenty-seven from the field. And that was our number two guy. Like it's Melo and Jr. on offense. Tyson's gonna keep people out of the paint. Well, we need, we need, yeah. But Stoudemire was like, he wasn't at Stoudemire that point. Was great. People don't understand how good he was. Vince Dale's even good. No, he was, but at that point, he wasn't our number two guy anymore. Stoudemire was a much better player when he had Steve Nash lobbing him the ball. Well, no shit. We need yeah. an all-time point guard. Number one, Whitey. I mean, I know we, what it is, but go ahead. We, if we didn't know what Whitey picked as number one, then we're not really listening to this podcast. My number one is the 1986 New York Mets because. I, I was three, so I can't say that I witnessed that team, but my dad had the 1986 highlight tape, which I used to play every single year before the season started. It was like our tradition. My dad and I would sit down. We'd watch the 86 New York Mets highlight tape. The baseball cards I collected were 1986 New York Mets. You know, you watch that document. I read that there was a book that came out back in like 2003, four called The Bad Guys One. Excellent read if anybody ever wants to read it. Um, just... Yeah, a fun team, a dominant team, arguably one of the top 10 baseball teams of all time. Um, what they did for the city that year with their walk-off wins, you know, they they represented the city with the toughness and the grit. You know, there's a team that led the lead. That's like they had the all-time record for most bench-clearing brawls of that season in the history of baseball. <laughs> they were fucked up. Well, that's that. They were fucked up. They were they – were, Baseball is much better when there's fights in it. They dude. were fucked It's up. meant to be a physical game. Here, here's the thing. Like I said like I said before, they had the number one pitcher in the game on their team. They had the number one position player on the team in their game. They had the best catcher, the best first baseman. They had Lenny Dykstra, Wally Backman, who were just two tough-as-nails guys. They had Ray Knight, who would punch you in the mouth at the drop of a hat. You know, they had 
uh, Sid Fernandez and Ron Darling and Bob Ojeda, you know, they were just a good team with a good bullpen. Um, and like I said, what they did for the city that year, for the whole season, I mean, the whole city became Mets fans. You know, the, the, the Empire State Building was lit up in blue and orange all season. It just, I think it's more than just game six or game seven or the, the NLCS against, against the, that, the, you know, what they consider to be the greatest baseball game ever played, game six of the NLCS against the Houston Astros. You know, Mets lose that game. They got to face Mike Scott, who was scuffing the baseball, throwing this split finger fastball that was just dropping off the face of the world. And they play, play that. Guy. Not allowed to do that anymore, right? No. no. Were well, they allowed to do it then? No. 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 The Mets were the Mets were actually collecting the baseball. That instead of them throwing the ball to the ball boys, they were collecting the baseballs and trying to show the umps. Look, he's scuffing the baseball because he was throwing this pitch that was, a, like, looked like a fastball came in and then just dropped off the face of the planet. And just had the Mets number that year. They would like throw them into the fence, right? That's how they'd throw it into the chain link fence to scuff no, up the ball. No, he had a piece of sandpaper. sandpaper. Oh, he really? Piece, he would sandpaper the top Because I know ball. I've heard stories of people like in the dugout and shit, smashing the ball off of the fence you know, to get you know, it all fucked up. You know, spitball is illegal, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's and been you know, illegal since the 30s, hasn't it? You, no. can't, you can't doctor the baseball at all. You're no, to but do you know that when, they illegal, that when they made spitball and the spitball illegal? Wasn't it in the 30s? You were grandfathered in. Yeah. If you already had... Because spitballers only threw spitballs, right? <laughs> it was like a knuckleballer. They pretty much only threw no, spitballs. No, it was literally covered in... No, I know, but I'm yeah. saying like knuckleball pitchers like Ari Dickey pretty much only threw the knuckleball with a little or, bit of a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe I'll throw one Spitball pitchers would throw the majority of their pitchers well, were Dick, spitballs. Dickey would like sneak in a fastball here and there. He'd sneak in a fastball. Like, like, Tim, like Tim Wakefield would no. the same thing. A fastball the speed of a changeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 80 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. Just like, hey, I'm here. No, but that that team I think will arguably go down as one of the best so, teams in the history of New York. I'm not a Mets fan, but I want to make you mad. Sports. I want to make you mad. I want to make you think about it, not make you mad. Who's better? We had this debate for about 45 minutes, me and my father. Who's better, Keith Hernandez or Don Mattingly? Hernandez. See, that's then we look up stats, and you know stats don't lie. Yeah, but but stats don't always matter to old school fans. I know, too. I know. No, no, it's, I mean, he's a it's your eyes and your heart. No, it's it's your it, eyes and your heart. Mattingly, Mattingly had, and didn't have, they neither, neither one of them had the, neither one of them had the, the longevity. I think Mattingly had four, four phenomenal years, but was not the same player before or after that. Hernandez was consistently the best defensive first baseman in the league. Best for, defensive first baseman. In, the, in 11 years, but and he, he batted 300. Has, Matting, not, has Mattingly, let's settle it right now. Has Mattingly ever, while under contract, while on the clock working for a broadcasting company, said, He's the manager of the Marlins right now. Has he ever said, thank God that I'm going on vacation because I never want to call a Phillies game again? (laughs) Because that, for me, that makes Hernandez the best, dude. That's goat shit. That's goat shit to say that during the broadcast. Well, here's what I'll say. Hernandez won. He was was an MVP. Yes, a Mm co-MVP. He won a batting title. He's a two-time World Series champion. I take How many gold gloves? 11? 11 gold gloves. That's why I take Hernandez over. Not not because that's not a Met and Yankee thing. It's a... If you look at Mattingly, like he had a four-year stretch of arguably he was the, he best, was the best, player. best best player, but in the world. but no, not in the world, but like the you don't best. You think no. he had numbers where like no, there four he had a four-year stretch of being phenomenal. But then that he, gave out. On. But he had the same thing David Wright had his final stenosis, and he didn't have the longevity. He didn't have the playoff tenure. I mean, the Yankees. What did the Yankees do with Don Mattingly? Yeah, he was a great player on a on a mediocre team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hernandez was a great player on winning teams, and that's why I choose Hernandez. Because again, it all comes down to winning for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to do with anything we're talking about now, but just something for the the age gap with these fellas, you know, around the, I guess you're a, you're a Z, right? You're definitely Gen Z. Yeah. These Gen Z characters, right? Our friend V Ridge was he, wearing Orlando Magic shorts 
like to work the other day and this kid that's a little older than jack was like oh like aren't you a knicks fan like why are you wearing magic shorts and then he's like i am you know i'm from here i'm a knicks fan but i always grew up a magic fan he's like why would you grow up a magic fan Shaq. then he says Shaq. i'm like well you know back when i was young Shaq was on the map kid argued with him that Shaq never played for the magic argued with him fought with him see that kid's Shaq. Shaq was never fan. on the magic what are you talking Shaq about that kid's just an idiot like, just an idiot. That was... And then Vinny's like, you ever heard of Penny Hardaway? Like, what are we talking about, dude? Well, Sha Shaq and Penny Hardaway... Like, when I was a kid, like, the Magic were irrelevant until 1992 when Shaq was drafted. And then all of a sudden, the Magic became... Next and then to the Penny Bulls, came the next year, right? Next to the Bulls, the Magic were the coolest team in the league because they had Shaq and Penny. And, like, they were, for that three-year stretch, were phenomenal. You know, Horace Grant, Penny Hardaway, Shaq, Scott Skiles. Shaq's the most dominant player there ever. Yeah, hundred percent. If I'm picking my old my all time NBA team, Shaq's my center. Over Will Chamberlain, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the most Lewis dominant. I'm not saying he's the best. No, the most dominant. He's the most dominant. And also, he played in he played in an arrow. He played an arrow where if you're over a certain height, this you're in this box. If he played today, if Shaq was born twenty years ago and he was playing today with the same everything, he'd be shooting fucking seven threes a game. He could shoot Shaq. If no. he wanted to. He, he could practiced. shoot. He never practiced. He never had to yeah, because they you stay on the fucking block and you posterize and we're going to run he, ISO posts to you in the low block. I think he would still today play the same way he played then and still dominate. Today. No, he couldn't. he couldn't. No, the game would be. First of all, yeah. All yeah. Number one. Number two. Number two, it's a it's a different game. Now. Every you time he. sit somebody in the post like that. Every time he did that hezzy step in the post and then like. Uh, drops oh, drop stepped into them and dunked on them. That's an offensive foul every time. Today. Right, just think about this every time they're calling an offensive foul. Look at who's in the league when it, he played in the league. You had Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. Um, Duncan. Well, Duncan came in. Duncan came in later, but I'm saying when he when he when Shaq came into the league. Well, you needed you needed three or four big guys on your roster just to go against you Shaq. Had, you arguably had like four of the top centers of all time in the league, and he came in and dominated all of them. You know, and then he he owned Yao Ming. He owned Tim Duncan. He owned all these guys. Owned them. You know what I mean? Because nobody that big should be able to move that well and that fast. No. Like people, Shaq doesn't get enough credit for how athletic he was because no. of how big he was. We've all seen the, the video. man moves. We've all seen the video of him shaking and baking Jordan. Yeah, we've all seen that at the All Star game. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing too. Orlando Magic Shaq is like I don't, you can't even call him baby Shaq, but that's that's young Shaq. He was slender. He, 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 he didn't thin. really get thick in the ass until he got to L.A. And in L.A., he was just un unstoppable. Yeah. Him and Kobe were unstoppable. He was easy 300 plus, L.A. Easy yeah, then, uh, Not too long after. Yao Ming came along and made him look like a small child. Yeah, but he owned Yeah, him. but he and still slapped Yao Ming. And then he called Yao Ming his son. All right, one game. but I mean, I'm just saying, the first time they met up, he said in the interview, he was like, I tried to dominate Yao. And he blocked him like six times. And he was like, what the fuck? The reason they went and found Yao was to neutralize Shaq. Like that was like. Can you imagine trying to find like a fucking dude? Shaq changed the way. Uh, uh, Shaq changed the way NBA GMs built their rosters for a couple of years because you, like I said, you needed three or four yeah. big guys that could play. Just because otherwise you're gonna you have two centers, they're gonna both gonna foul out. Now you have no centers to go. Well, to look Shaq what they the did. The they, they had the Spurs had David Robinson, arguably one of the top ten centers of all time. And they drafted Tim Duncan, who's a—I mean, I know he's a power, the greatest power forward of all time. But the only reason he's the greatest power forward is because Tim Duncan, yeah, because because uh, uh, Dave Robinson is in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Ready to take a break? Yeah, take a break. We'll tally it up. All right, guys, listen. Pat McAfee said it best: you got to look good to feel good. You got to feel good to play good. Well, we're gonna help you guys look good 
with Saatchi di Denaro, right? It's the finest Italian material. It's fire. It's comfortable. And we got a saving for you, all right? You're going to use promo code HAVOC for 10% off your total purchase at SaatchiDiDenaro.com. Also, check them out over at Instagram at SaatchiDiDenaro. SaatchiDiDenaro, always authentic, never counterfeit. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. As always, the best way to support the show is to support the sponsors. You support the sponsors, you are supporting the boys in this room, helping us hopefully one day quit our jobs and become full-time podcasters. Also, once again, special shout-out to Dino Skate Park for our brand-new theme song, Wind Up Toys. can be found on their debut studio album, Artifacts. Get that. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get music, you can find Dino Skate Park. Give them a listen. Follow them on Instagram. Check them out. Try to catch a live show if you're local to the Long Island area. We have a list. We have a top 10 list. Plenty of points. We've had a couple of weeks with the point drought you know where what? it ended with the top five, and yeah. we're back to a top 10. Okay. Before you say that, one of the guys from work is uh, into metal bands and stuff like that, and I asked him, and he, seen, he said he's seen them open up before. Really? Yeah. They're not really metal, but yeah. Yeah, but they're like punk. He said he's seen them. Yeah. So. They're fun. I've been playing the shit out of that album. If you like that kind of music. Yeah, yeah, so. Go ahead. All right, here we go with the top 10. Let's going. See. I'm only looking at Whitey. From the bottom up, number 10, seven total points. Mario Manningham's catch slash the 2012 Giants Super Bowl win. I'll take it. Number nine with eight points, Lake Placid Olympics, the miracle on ice. I will also take that. You know, big win for America amongst the Cold War. Pretty much ended the Might Cold be War. Low, but yeah. Right? Well, me and Jack are the only two that uh, put it on the list. I didn't know if I felt weird. Number eight, 11 points. No Han. Johan Santana's no-no. I can't, I can't hate it. It's not on my list, but I can't hate it. That's fine. I can't hate it. Number seven, we have the 1994 New York Rangers Stanley Cup run. Should be higher, but that's fine. We're a little, you know, right where we're Islander fans, and we're and we're younger. Don't so, right where I, understandable, understandable. Now five and six, we have a tie, and Whitey's gonna absolutely fucking hate this tie. It's a tie that I cannot see Big Whitey enjoying. One of them's got to be better than the other. Seventeen points apiece. We have the Odell Beckham Jr. one-handed catch against the PI against the Cowboys in the corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Heads up against. Three weeks in February 2012, Linsanity. Oh, God. One Keep of the, me out of it. Keep me out of it. I, I think Linsanity no should be higher than than the Odell catch. Personally, I think Linsanity. Because mean? the Odell catch was only really lit for either people who aren't from New York who just see a great play or Giants fans. Here's what I'll tell you. Odell's got to be wherever the lowest point that that can go on the list, that's where it's got to go. And, like, Linsanity could edge it out because the Knicks fans have had nothing – and like Giants fans, at least like, like what do you think? Giant Giants fans are like, like Giants are like a winning organization for the most part. They're what the third, the third most Super Bowls in in, in the NFL. Am I wrong about that, or is it the, the um, something like that? They're in the top five. I feel like Cowboy. Well, Tom Brady's so, one. You got Patriots. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, Patriots, uh, Steelers, Cowboys. So the Giants are four. Could be Giants at four. Yeah. Oh no, no, because the Niners. Niners, Niners, yeah. Yeah. So whatever they're there. Uh, but I'm just saying. You think first. I think. Beckham's catch has to go further down the list than Linsanity. So that's two. So two for Linsanity. No, three for Linsanity. Oh, so, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah, what do you think, matter. though? Let's hear your opinion on the subject. I think Linsanity because the Knicks are poverty. So. The Knicks and like poverty. the. the Knicks are poverty. 
This is still the early days the of thing, Twitter. The Knicks, are, the Knicks are the furthest thing from poverty. Those motherfuckers have been raking us over the coals for fucking yeah. decades. No, Here, one was a moment the... and one was a, a movement for a little bit. A so movement. Also, I, this is the early the early days of Twitter and Instagram. I know Twitter's like 08, 09, but like this is still the early infancy of the social media and the as we know it today. Jeremy Lin broke social media for those three weeks. I was going to say. Oh, like, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Super Nintendo or a meme Lin, or a highlight or a tweet. Like, Lin took over the entire city. Uh, right. Beckham, oh, Beckham took over half of the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, you were never going to uh, make the Jeff fan love Odell Beckham. Right. Well, somebody remembers draft night. What did I say to you yeah. on draft night? He wanted Beckham so bad. Giants took him and I was like, mother. Fucker, and he's like, what? No, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, now that he's a giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now that he's a giant and started doing all the you know nonsense that he was wow. known for. Um, Disgraceful uh, that they both made the list. Disgraceful. Obviously, I wasn't bringing this up for many reasons. It wasn't even going to make an honorable mention. But the same era that while insanity was going on, this is very specific because you had to be there in the arena. Very few things have lit up Madison Square Garden. Shut the fuck up, dude. Over. Shut up. Very few things have lit up Madison Square Garden over the last 20 years, 22 years, than Steve Novak banging a fucking three in that 2012 team when they were good. Not a great player, not a difference maker. Didn't didn't I didn't talk about him at all on my entire list, but if you had the 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 luck, or if you were lucky enough to be, if you were lucky enough to be in the garden when the Knicks were kicking ass and Novak would hit a go, uh, a Before three in the garden. Before there was Steve Novak. Before there was Steph Curry, there was Steve Novak. At, oh. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you were there with me, dude. Was the garden not blowing the roof off I for Steve you were Novak? Say Mike, Mike Woodson. No. His face. Uh, death stare, Woody. Can I, nah. can, I, can I put some two cents in here? I would over Sanity. I would take Nate Robinson's was it three dunk competition wins. Because at least he won something. Crypto Nate? Yeah, unfortunately. He also won most embarrassing knockout in a boxing fight yeah, ever. Yeah, we're getting carried away now. That yeah. had nothing to do with it. I'm just saying. Go I mean, ahead, go on. As, number a Nick, f- as a Nick, he won, was it, two or three dunk conferences? Three. 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 So at least he won something. Jeremy Lin won nothing. Number four. Eight, bad contract. Yeah. The hearts of millions. Number four with 18 points, Carmelo Anthony comes home. Too high. Look, you hate it, but it's all you the rest of the way. Number three, 19 points, 1986 Mets World Series win. Should be higher. Number two, <laughs> number two, 20, 22 points post 9-11 Mets game. Should be lower. Mike Piazza home you, you run. You switch those. Yes. Because in Whitey's oh, mind, on. one's a championship and one's oh, just on. a moment. You could switch those. I wasn't alive oh, for one. On. Sorry. I was only three. I didn't see it, but still, it's like that. It's those. Uh, we could switch those. What are we those. arguing about? But listen, number one. Number one's got 31 points, far and away nine points higher than the number two seed. It's the 2007 New York Giants, 18 wins and one giant loss. This only is, one that makes sense on the list. The, the only, only reason that Tom Brady isn't any more insufferable than he already is the Giants. He would have is the Giants would have, twice. He would have 10 twice, yeah. Here's the thing. You're, you're saying, like, I wasn't alive, but all of you guys put, or maybe you didn't put, but the, the Lake Placid Olympics, oh, which, like, like, that happened before any of us. So, like, technically, what we should have done... Yeah, but that had p- potential World War implications. I don't Not World War, like no, Cold War. War. Cold yeah. War. Yeah. It, it, it had serious it Cold War implications. And I think that game is heightened because of the Cold War, but I don't think it had anything to do with the Cold War itself. Take, take away the fact that you're a Met fan, and, and it's been a tough ride, right? Let's just say that, right? Take that away. 
the Mets were the odds on, not favorite, but they were like a they were not. It wasn't a surprise to anybody that they won that nineteen eighty six World Series. No, no, because but the Giants, it was an utter Cinderella story. No, no, but I'm, I'm agreeing. Number one, I told I wholeheartedly no, agree. With right. That. So and this is my I'm argument saying, for this. Should be number two. No yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. When we talked about Lin Sanity versus OBJ just before, you said OBJ lit up half of the city and Lin Sanity lit up all of the city, right? Same thing right. here. Nineteen eighty six Mets. Mets fans were excited. It lit up the Mets fans See, in New York fa- City. But that's false because post nine eleven Mets, New Yorkers, people that don't even give a fuck about baseball, no, see, had a stake in that game. See again, because you guys weren't around, so you don't understand. Like the Yankees were forgotten about in nineteen eighty six. So even like the Yankee fans were rooting for the Mets because the the city they embodied they were the embodiment of the city. Like that's where the eighty six Mets are different than the nine eleven because they. Everybody in the city would like you went if you from from 1984 to like 1994, that 10 year stretch, you saw way more Mets jerseys, way more Mets shirts, hats, the I, whole nine. I think you should just be happy that Linsanity didn't get above the 86 Mets. It's like I'm just trying to equate to, to explain to you what that 86 Mets. How, how many, many, how many, to the how city. many points did 86 Mets have? 19. And how many points did Linsanity have? 17. Travis. I had I had them an honorable mention in Linsanity because we you... were we were a we were a nine spot away of Linsanity from having the talk of who's better. I know, but that's well, that wouldn't be a talk though. We wanted uh, we'd be like it's tied, you don't but fucking know. I wanted to argue Linsanity Here, over a championship. How do we not? How do we not on our overall top ten? We have not one Yankee moment. No, there's no there's not a Yankee fan in the room. This list is fucked. There's not a Yankee fan in the room. How do you not? In, so we're doing the Listen, best. Listen, buddy, mo- I make a lot of good lists, all right? So maybe hold it's you. On, hold on. Hold on. The 19, you're, you're going to tell me the 1996 to 1990 to 2000 Yankees with all of those moments, regardless, because you're not a Giants fan, but you have Giants moments on the, like Odell Beckham beats any of those Yankee moments? Yes. No. 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 Absolutely not. You're right. How does, I'm how not does, perfect. How does, I'm, I'm a little hot. I'm, I'm a little just hungry. Saying, how does, starting to sweat. Yeah. How, does, how does Jeremy Lin beat any of those Yankee moments? If we're talking New York sports and you don't – and I'm not a Yankee fan. You know that first and foremost I'm a Mets fan and I'm a baseball fan second. But the Yankees were the championship team in this town and we don't have one Yankee moment on can that I, list. Can I, can, I, can I make a a suggestion as to why that is? I don't understand because yeah, we're not Yankees. We don't fans. have baseball. No, but fans. it's got nothing to do with the Yank with not baseball being. Fans. Yeah, um, yes, yes, but it's got it's deeper than that too. The Yankees are like the fucking galactic empire. You know, the Yankees are the Patriots. The Yankees are the, the big. Ba- are everybody, moments? everybody who isn't a Yankees fan, they're, are they not the most hated team in baseball? Top three most hated teams in baseball. Oh, without a fan? doubt. I'm so just... this is my like. The Knicks, everybody in New York loves the Knicks. The Yankees have, I'd say, unless you live in Brooklyn, but even them, they're lying to themselves. Like, they were just like, oh, well, now we're Brooklyn fans. Well, it's a disaster what's going on in Brooklyn anyway. Oh, but, it's a wreck. It's a train wreck. The, yeah, it's an absolute disaster. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Breaking news. Durant will hold out. Good. Who cares? Who cares? Um, they're, dude, I'm t- next CBA, there's going to be a Kevin Durant clause where you cannot, once you sign a deal, you cannot require I'm telling you, it's coming. You can't sign a contract and then 18 months later demand out or demand that other people get fired. It's going to be put in the next CBA. It's going to be the Durant slash Kyrie Irving clause. Let me leave it this way. You could see... Kyrie get thrown into the... My, my, like, if, like, if we have listeners that are 
in my age bracket and listeners that are in your age bracket, they'll probably agree with you. But listeners in my age bracket, this list is fucked. It's totally fucked because like my thing with the Yankees is like if you're not a Yankee fan, not many people like they're polarizing, right? Not many people are eh, about the Yankees. It's either let's go Yankees or fuck the Yankees. So if you're not invested in it, if you don't have the pinstripes in your blood, but here, it means nothing to me. Listen, they're four, right. you know, he's not. He's no. He is right. Here's the thing, though. But like, for as much as the Yankees are hated, they're also universally loved. Like people who don't know anything about baseball know the Yankees and love the Yankees. You understand what I'm saying? Is that boy Jay Z? Not Rocky just because Yankee, not not, not because just because of Jay Z. Because of like, if you look at the history of the baseball of, of baseball itself, the Yankees are integral to the. Yeah, you cannot tell the story of baseball. I, I totally one hundred percent get it. You know, like there are the, lists that we make that I look at it and I go, "Wow, we did pretty good." And there are lists that I look at and go, "This is that is a train wreck." This one's a train wreck. This is closer to a train wreck, and we have no one to blame but all four people in this room, especially the guy behind the fucking computer today. I'll stand by when sanity, dude. I don't give a fuck when sanity was in an can, absolutely electric I, moment know, in time. Put Linsanity where it was, Linsanity would have felt in an eight or nine spot. It would have been okay. Honestly, I don't even know. I had Linsanity at three, though. Linsanity should not be a top ten. From 1980 till now. All right. Here's what I'll say. From, and then, two, from 2000 till now, here, here's I, will, what, I will vouch here's for Here's what I'll Linsanity. say, and then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the show. I'm done. Ready? We should have been more specific about either a time period, an era, or it's a too, specific too moment. A time period. Because but if it was a specific moment, if we didn't go by the 86 Mets, and we went by specifically... Bill Buckner's play. Specifically, Linsanity wouldn't exist. If we specifically went by one thing that actually happened, one event, not a stretch of 24 games, Linsanity wouldn't be on there. Well, because you're asking, But Jeter would be. You're asking for a, a, a history, a 30, a, a more, almost a 40-year history of sports. Years, yeah. And realistically, your three's opinion and my opinion are totally different because I went through like the 90s and saw all that stuff that happened in the 90s where you, you guys did not go through the 90s and you missed all Thank that. Thank God. So none of it, none of it is on you guys. Let you know what I'm saying. No, I, you know, because like I can't look at Johan Santana's no hitter. It's a great moment in the history of the Mets, but is it a top ten sports moment? Like uh, it doesn't make sense. Is it a top ten Met moment since 1980? No, no. Since 1962? No. That's so tough to say. It's their only no hitter. That hurts, right? Up at the time, it was their only no hitter. They only have three. They have two championships. You can't like all of we just all of these Hall of Fame pitchers that the Mets went through, and they never got a no hitter. It's like because like I think of I think of like the Benny Agbayani walk off game. I think of the Robin Ventura grand slam single, Piazza's home run, the Bill Buckner through the legs, Game Six of the NL of the of the NLCS. I think of I think of David Wright's barehanded catch is a more important play than because they're in the playoff run. Know about that way. By the way, I have to say this. We'll get it in now at the very end. Uh, Valentina DM'd me on Instagram the last yesterday or two days ago and said, how's this for a top 10 New York sports moment? A random game. I forget the year. Yankees are down 6 nothing and hit three back-to-back grand slams to win the game. Well, you can't hit back-to-back. Well, yeah, you know, three yeah. consecutive grand slams yeah. to win the game. You know what I mean? How about how about when they were down 8-1? Eight, Eight to one versus the Braves, and Piazza hits that that home run to put them up in the eighth, in the in two thousand. Like that's way more important than no hand than the no hand. Like no hand, it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a moment because it's the first of ever. But it's like we're only the- two moments, only two moments matter. Then if you're if you're going by what what equated from them and what came out of it, only a moment from the sixty nine and a moment from the eighty six. 
None of those other moments actually led to championships, so Johan should be. Yeah, winning. but they all have playoff implications. Like Fuck they're the playoff play, implications for something. what though? They went like, home. are playing for something. Like no hand, they're playing for nothing. Like they went like, home. And like, what did what did what did that get us? It got us a guy with a bum shoulder that we're paying all these money to for nothing. He lost. He didn't. He pitched how many games after that as a match? I 100 percent get it. So so why so why is that so important when you're paying this guy? Ridiculous money. I mean, you think of Bobby Bonilla Day every single year. I'm sure you get shit well, for Bobby Bonilla. That's a holiday. Day. It's not a holiday. <laughs> it's that's a, a fuck. It's, it's miserable. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Happy July 1st, baby. It's a national holiday. It's not a holiday. Well, now that Uncle Steve, it's not a drop in the bucket for Uncle Steve, dude. So now yeah, it don't Uncle matter. Steve don't care. Yeah. No, but what I'm the saying, the Wilpons, they had to take a fucking. But what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, you yeah. invested all this money into this pitcher, and yes, he got you. And, and like, if you're happy with him getting you a no hitter with all that money spent. Like think about Jason Bay and all that money we spent on Jason Bay. Well, what, you now you don't have to be rude. Now. But what? what but, but I'm just saying, what did what did you get at it? You spent all that money for what? And it felt like you you spent wasted right, money. Right, but in in the canvas. moment though, I'm talking he about the moment. In the shit. moment, Jason Bay was not can miss. He a guy like a, a guy of that caliber wants to go play for the Mets. Yeah, but he wasn't even that good. He went into the Boston Red Sox lineup and hit behind David Ortiz and in front of Manny Ramirez. Of course, the guy's gonna hit. You put anybody in between David David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, they're gonna hit. Who's better? Let's close out the show. Who's better, David Ortiz or Manny Ramirez? Oh. I have an answer as clear as day. It's it's and I wholeheartedly believe it to the end of time. I mean, is your answer Poppy? No, Manny Ramirez. And why? The numbers. They both didn't play a lick of defense. They both didn't care. No. Only one could DH. If if, if Ortiz wasn't Manny, on that team, Manny would have DH'd. Manny was phenomenal for three separate teams. He was phenomenal for the Cleveland Indians. He was phenomenal for, for the Red Sox. And he was phenomenal for the Dodgers. Phenomenal. Like, one of the most feared hitters in the game. People have no idea when they look at his numbers because they think he's a clown. That guy's numbers are over 300, over 500 home runs. He's ridiculous. Two hundred. Uh, but you can't slouch on Poppy though. No, he's a great. Is one of is probably the, I'm just saying, the best DH of all time. Great. Who's better? The only reason why Manny's not the greatest DH of all time is because Ortiz was DH on that team. Uh, that's like a weird. That's a weird argument because like Manny played the field every day. So is is Ortiz going to be able to play Manny first base? Manny played the field. Manny fucking walked into the fucking clubhouses and and, and no, and but the you, still, monster you still got to go out there and play the field. He didn't I mean, give if, a shit. If Ortiz, if Ortiz is playing first base, he's every playing day, pinball is, out there. Is he is he hitting as well as he is? Um, I don't know. I really and don't, would Manny uh, be that much of a better hitter if he was a DH? No, I think Manny. I think Manny. We got exactly from Manny what we were gonna get from him. You know what I mean? Manny. I would love to see metrics of Manny's defensive WAR. Oh, it's terrible. It's got to be negative. I can look, I'll negative. look it up. We'll it's look it up on the next. We'll look it up on the showings. It's not negative. You don't think it is? And I to compare those two, it's di- it's different because like Ortiz was a phenomenal hitter. Who's a DH? Where Manny is like a you know he's he played the field, which makes it makes a difference. It makes a huge. Who would difference. you take? I just want to get you on paper. Who would you take? Well, in two thousand, the Met, in ninety nine, the Mets had an opportunity. Ken Griffey Jr. and Manny Ramirez, and obviously those are both of the guys that I wanted. And they got zero. So. And they got none of it because <laughs> Junior Junior was only going to play for the Reds, and they didn't pony up for Manny, which they should have. It's kind of like how. Uh... So who's better? Kind of like how in 2010 the Jets, the Knicks could have had LeBron or, or like, Brosh and Wade, and then they wound up with Stat. What's the he, he doesn't want to put a number on it, and I get it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want well, to. Like, they're are both you, in their prime. Are you taking Are you taking Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz in a pressure situation, or like we're taking them for their career? No. They're both in their prime. You're starting the, the DS tomorrow. You got fucking three series to. You got one of them. To and, be, you and, get one of them to be a, a DH. Divisional series? Do you divisional series through the end? I'm taking Poppy. I'm taking Manny for clutch for clutch for the clutch of 
like there's nobody more clutch in the playoffs than Dave. Rose. All right, let's do it. Let's just then then we'll end it from here. From the All Star break to the World Series. You, you can pick one of them. You're starting a franchise. See, here's, here's, they're both 19 No, no, no. Here, From the All-Star break to the World Series, here, they're in their here, prime. Here, here's the thing. Manny had, on the on the Indians, he had Jim Tomey and Albert Bell in, sandwiched in between the two of them. When he went to the Red Sox, he had Pedroia and Poppy sandwiched in between them. Like, they helped each other out so Like That's part of... Like, you put, you put David Ortiz on another team, like, with another... It's it's a hard argument. It's like, like, could you imagine if Judge walks and the Mets sign him and they put him in front of fucking Alonzo? Yeah, they're like, gonna help the, each other out. They put him. They they put Alonzo between no, him and Lindor, dude. Like, so it's like it's five hundred fifty-five home runs for Manny Ramirez. He batted three twelve. I know you want to. I can't give you an answer because it's not apples to apples. Do it. See you on. It's not apples. He loves the game too much. It's not apples. My man loves baseball too much. It's not apples to apples. Close out the show, Jim. All right, fine. Let's do the list one more time, and then we'll get the F out of H. From top to bottom, the 2007 New York Giants Super Bowl, the post-9-11 Mets game, the 1986 Mets World Series, Carmelo Anthony comes home where he belongs to the Garden, Lynn Sanity, Odell Beckham's crazy one-handed catch, the 1994 New York Rangers World Series run, the Johan Santana no-hitter, the Lake Placid Olympics miracle on ice game, and number 10, the Mario Manningham catch to go along with the 2011 Giants Super Bowl victory. That has been the House of Havoc Top 10. As always, we're brought to you by House of Havoc Podcasting, oh Tiger God. Pack Productions, Sachi Di Dinero, Stay Thirsty Company, and Dino Skate Park. Oh, wasn't that Peace out. Classic.